Pot of gold. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt, and we've got a great show for you today. I want to start out by just saying thank you for letting me take up a little bit of your ear space today, a little bit of your attentional time, a little bit of your energy to listen to my show. I really appreciate it. I know you've got a lot of options of how you want to spend your time and what kind of media you want to consume, so it means a lot to me that you chose mine. It is Thursday, June... Oh, shit, no, actually... I'm recording this on Thursday. It is actually Saturday, June 26th, the year of our Lord, 2021. It has been a crazy week. The sun has been shining, so I'm doing a lot of outdoor work, and time is just flying by. I can't even believe it's another podcast already. Hope you're having a great week, too. Hope you're not pulling your hair out, watching the Bitcoin price bounce back and forth between 30 and 40,000. It sucks. It's not great. Hope you're not. Uh, hope you didn't lose a bunch of money. I hope that you're surviving. I, I just hope good for you. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're thriving, kicking ass, taking names. I mean, not maybe not taking names. How about you just forgive? You've already kicked their ass. Why do you need their name? Okay. All right. All right. So we have a new website. That's the first thing. It is ramblebytheriver.com. Simple enough, right? Ramblebytheriver.com. And so currently there's not a whole lot on there. You're gonna get there and see like, oh, he must have just bought this domain and just started building this website, which is exactly accurate. Bought it last week. I'm just getting stuff put on it. And we still have our existing website that is our current host for all of our episodes. And that is at ramblebytheriver.captivate.fm. And I know what you're thinking. <laughs> .fm? What is this, a radio station? No, it's a website. Trust me. It might as well be, though. I mean, it's a podcast. It's practically a... It's like the internet and a radio had a baby, and it is a podcast. I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling. Other announcements. Oh, yeah, so I got the website. The old website, ramblebytheriver.captivate.fm. We're good there. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, I'm at rambleriverpod. If you want to talk to me on Instagram which is a good spot because I check that the most often. It's at Ramble by the River. And you can email me with anything about the show at ramblebytheriver at gmail.com. So last week was Father's Day and Juneteenth. So we had a special double holiday episode, which was awesome. I loved it. It was fun to make and it was it was fun to listen to. I, I quite enjoyed it. And it was a little different because I I made a collage of different guests that I recorded at different locations and all of them were just we pretty much just talked about our dads. And it, it ended up being all family members. So while I was editing it, I kind of had it in mind that I was making it for my family my on both sides, my wife's family and my my family. It's it's all it's really just all about our roots. And I thought it was kind of cool. So I was just picturing listening to it 10 years from now or when the kids are all grown up and they want to hear what they sounded like on Father's Day at age, whatever. You know, I I just thought it'd be cool. So that's what I did. And I made it uh, the way I wanted to make it. And I liked how it turned out. I I would have loved to have even more time to work on it. So it could have been even better because, I mean, some of the audio sounded a little rough, but overall, I thought it turned out pretty good. And I've gotten great feedback. 
the audience seems to have enjoyed it. I, uh, I've gotten lots of comments and messages about it, and it's cool. I really appreciate that. You guys, always, if you enjoy the episode, tell me, because it really actually helps. It helps me to know what to make, what direction to keep going. I'm still fairly new at this, you know? I'm still a beginner, and I would love some feedback. So if you like an episode, just reach out. It, it could take you 30 seconds. Shoot me a text. I mean, you know, through one of these instant messengers that you can find me easily, no matter what. And just say like, hey, I really liked that episode because of whatever. Like maybe you liked the pacing. Maybe you liked the tone. Maybe you thought it sounded really good. Whatever it is that, that you like, tell me so I can continue to put more of that in. And I will. This is an iterative process, you know. I'm continuously going to try to improve it. So the Father's Day episode was cool. You know, beyond that, I had a great Father's Day just in general. I, I really don't always put a lot of thought into Father's Day because, I don't know, it seems like self-serving or something. So I just try not to think about it. And then whatever happens is like a bonus. And and then with my own dad, I like, I'll get him a card or something. And that's usually it. But this time I was just so entrenched in making that Father's Day episode that I was thinking about fathers a lot uh, and about Father's Day and just about the whole thing. So this year felt different. It felt very, I felt just very engaged with the whole holiday and the people in my life and the people on this podcast. And it, it was great. I really felt connected. In other news, I'm a DJ now, or I mean, I will be, you know, in a few months. I was watching TV just the other day, and Melissa, my wife, turns to me and says, Hey, do you want to be a DJ? And I said, Of course. Who doesn't? And uh, I was like, Give me some more details. Give me some more details. So it turns out uh, a friend of ours is getting married, and they're looking for a wedding DJ, and somebody threw out my name as like a, a moonshot, kind of a wild choice. You know, given my lack of experience, I... I think it's going to go okay. I really like trying new things. I love music. I love to dance. Oh, how I love to dance. That's actually not true. I love art of any kind, and I so I appreciate dance, but I can't dance to save my fucking life. I'm a horrible dancer. I wish I loved dancing. I want to love dancing. Every time I try to do it, it sucks. My body doesn't move the way it should. I don't know. I might just be too Caucasian for it. But regardless, I can make other people dance. I could build a playlist and, you know, put on headphones and do my head bob dance while I just pump the jams. I can do that. And that's exactly what I intend to do. Music at a wedding is a big deal. It's like you've got your foot on the emotional throttle of the entire group. It's, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. And it's just kind of cool. It's another artistic pursuit that I get to try, you know, try to create a, a tone, a feeling, a vibe, you know, for a whole group of people all at the same time. It's a nice challenge. I'm looking forward to it. I'm kind of excited about it. I've already started doing my research. I've already started building my playlist. It's going to be cool. I will need a DJ name. So that's where I'm going to need some help from you guys. If you have any suggestions for a cool DJ name, that fits me, fits my personality and my style, you know, if it can if it can capture my groove, then go ahead and send it to me. 
either in a DM or in a comment somewhere and make sure I see it and and I'll pick which one is the best and they'll be the winner. The wedding's in October, so you guys have a couple months to come up with something catchy. Um, yeah, seriously though, submit some names. I could I could use the help. Yeah, but yeah, it's, so I'm going to be over the next couple months learning how to DJ. I know I complain sometimes that I'm too busy, but I'm endlessly fascinated by stuff. I like I like trying new things and the world is just full of them. So here we go again. I'm going to try it. My guest on the podcast today is Mitchell Bolden, also known as Mitch Bolden. I asked him what he prefers, but he wouldn't tell me. Anyway, I don't know. That's probably not important. But what is important is that Mitch has a fantastic story. This whole interview was all brand new. We were really just talking for the first time, and it was cool because we have this shared environment that we both know and a lot of people that we both know, but we ha- we don't know each other. We went right in hard, went right into the the juicy stuff. You know, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about what it means to be a dad. We're talking about responsibility and laughed a lot, talked about cancer, talked about falling in love and how great that can be and what just like what difference it can make in your life when you recognize an opportunity to make positive changes and then actually do it. It was uh, it was pretty good. He's very clearly ecstatic about where he is in his life. And that's pretty infectious. It's it's hard not to like being around a person like that because he's just happy to be alive in the first place. And on top of that, he's in love and he's now he's newly married. He got married last weekend. By the way, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Bolden. I hope you guys had a great honeymoon. If you find yourself enjoying this show, would you please do me a favor and share it with a friend? I know I've said it before, but it really, really helps. Just, it could be anything. If every person who hears this right now gets on their phone or their computer and they, you know, send a link to their grandmother, you know, post post a, a link on their Instagram feed, you know, go to Twitter, tag a celebrity in my in my post, you know, whatever. Do something that kind of just gets that show just spread out a little bit more and a little bit more. That's how we're going to conquer the world, people. We got to do it one person at a time, two years at a time. You know, honestly, I don't care about likes. I, I really have trained myself over the years not to give a shit about that stuff and not even to really notice it. But now that it's like I'm trying to build an audience, I'm trying to grow this thing into something more, it matters. And it feels very awkward for me to like care about likes. And it almost feels like old me is judging new me. And I shut the fuck up, old me. I'm trying to make a successful podcast, okay? Just get off my back. As an audience, you guys can all help me out with that a lot. Actually, you are the only ones that can help me out with that. Write a review. Whatever podcast platform you use, give me a five-star review because those add up in the algorithm than just a, a like or a thumbs up or whatever. Also, subscribe. Go to every podcast platform and subscribe. Just subscribe on everyone. Go steal your cousin's phone and go subscribe on his phone. Get those subscription buttons pushed because the more subscriptions I have, the more justification I can have later for advertisers to monetize the show. I would like to keep giving this to you guys for free. It's a passion project and it's something that I really enjoy and I need to figure out a way to pay for it. I can't go into the Poe house because I'm doing a podcast. I mean, that doesn't show good financial responsibility. 
it's not a hugely expensive project. If I made a hundred bucks a month, it would cover everything other than my time. And that's all I want. So eventually I got to figure out a way to do that. I know the ways. There's only so many avenues and I don't so much want to be slinging Casper mattresses or me undies, but I will. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't want that to have to be the issue. That's not why we're here. We're here to have fun. We're here to learn about each other. We're here to get to know the world better by looking at it through the lens of somebody else's experience. That's why we're here. We're here to explore human potential. We're here to talk about the human experience and what it could be. We're going to talk about shit. We're going to get into our trauma. We're going to get into what makes us laugh, what makes us cry, what makes our tummy feel upset and we have to poop later. We're going to get into all of it. One last plug before we get going. Everybody, even before you go to Apple or Spotify and write that five-star review, even before you send a link to this podcast to your grandma, even before you do any of those things, I want you to go to bethematch.org. Be the match. Be the match. Light the fire. Be the match.org and register. You're going to hear a little bit more about that in the podcast, but that is the organization that connected Mitch with his donor who, you know, eventually saved his life. So it's a very important organization to him. And that makes it important to us because we care about our guests here at the Ramble. So yeah, go to be the match. All, all you do is you just give them a little bit of information about yourself and they will put in the mail a cheek swab kit. And that's going to come in the mail. You swipe it across your cheek, get a little bit of that slimy saliva, pop it in the envelope, send it back, and then they put you in a registry. And every time somebody is dying of leukemia or whatever else, I don't even know if it's other stuff or if it's just for bone marrow, but they are going to run it, run it through this database and whoever is a match will be notified and then they have the opportunity to save a life. It's pretty cool. I registered the other day and I'm waiting on my cheek swab. So I hope that as a Ramble family, we can all get in there and do that. Let's save some lives. Wouldn't that be cool? I think so. Well, I think that's about it. Just to reiterate, go to that link, bethematch.org and register. If you want to talk to me, I'm at Instagram at Ramble by the River, on Facebook at Ramble by the River, and on Twitter at Ramble River Pod. If you like this podcast, please don't hesitate to leave a review, like it, share it, subscribe, and as always, send it to your grandma. Thank you guys so much for letting me spend my Saturday in your head, and I really hope you guys enjoy it. I love you. Without further ado, Mitch Bolden. I'm still fly, I'm still fly, let's go It could all be worse, I could be a hater like you It could all be worse to make the man, but that poison's gonna chew you From the inside out, so right now Say it with your chest now, say it with your chest now
hear about it on each podcast, but your wall looks really good. Thank you. That was a really fun project. Uh, no. Huh? I hate painting. Well, I painting just... is not the same as like doing a painting. True, but I have like, I guess you, it, I wouldn't say OCD, but it's more of like a perfectionist. Uh-huh. And so when we were painting the salon, I had to tape everything off in all the corners. Mm-hmm. Tedious. It's god awful. But it's pretty <laughs> rewarding once you get all your perfect corners and everything. Yeah, until somebody tries to come in behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Could you mind if I cut in the edges? Like, you, uh, yeah, a little I do. You I tell, do mind. You tell everyone that you got too much to do and you want help, but then when they come and help, it's like, oh, can you go away? Yeah. <laughs> it's an easy thing to fuck up. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. So salon. Uh, you mentioned the salon. I, I think mm-hmm. we started talking about that before the recording started, but... Yeah. What's that all about? So my fiance, Megan, is a hairstylist. She's always done the kind of the rent the chair type thing uh-huh. at different salons. And we got together and she kind of talked about it, but she never really wanted to pull the trigger. So she found a friend of hers that does massage therapy. So they opened up a salon spa type thing. Cool. But it needed some work getting in there. Yeah. <laughs> so we did all the, you know, painting and the plumbing and... I still got trim to do tomorrow. <laughs> How long have you been working on it? Well, she's been in it for a month and a half, two months, but I was working on it for almost a month prior to that. It sounds like you're making good time. I've been working on my house project since January. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah. It's no fun. <laughs> it's terrible. Instapot. Yeah, I know. We That's just what got everyone one. says. We just got one. Are so they I, as good as they say? I haven't used it yet, so I get married next weekend. Congratulations. But, thank you. So actually, it wasn't even last week. It was two weekends ago. But for my bachelor party, all I wanted was a group of people, men, women. The kids went, like, let's go out I side-by-side and off-roading and quads. And I said... Did you make the strippers wear helmets at least? I did. Okay. Because yeah, that could be dangerous. Know. And thicker pasties. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. brush. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so it was just, let's go out and have a good time and, and do all that. So Where'd you guys go? A uh, place called Donkey Creek. Hmm. It's uh, north of Hump Tulips. Okay. So it's, I guess you could say the Wild West. Yeah, it's like the rural part of Washington, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, there was, uh, there's people have gotten hurt out there and, you know, that type of thing. But it's it's a great, you know what it reminds me of? And I told Hannah this because Hannah came out for it, Hannah and Colton. And uh, I told them, what I tell people is it reminds me of Nacelle. Oh, like going like there was a place we, when I was a kid, we camped called Finger Rock, uh-huh. you know, that out on the nacelle. And it, that's exactly reminds me. You pull out on the gravel bar, you know, set everything up. And mm-hmm. um, but it was a yeah, that was a great weekend. Anyway, oh, that sounds like I, a blast. I don't know how I squirreled into that, but we could squirrel into any place you want, man. <laughs> that's, we're just going to ramble. The salon, it just turned into, you know, this big venture that we probably weren't ready for, uh-huh. <laughs> but it. You know, it, it is what it is. Which one of these is which? So that is the IPA. That's the... Which one's got a lighter flavor? Uh, that one's got the harder bite. Well, then we'll go with the other one first. This one is more of a sweet. It's the Mount Deception Coconut Porter. Oh, right on. Don't mind if I, I do. I know how you like shout outs, so Mount Olympus. Brewing there in Aberdeen. Wow, that's got a nice color to it. It does. And it is really good. They do another one there called Blood of Hades. That's a cool name. Uh, and it is, <laughs> especially when they barrel age it. It is. Oh, that smells really good. So they make it with like, and I'm going to get this wrong, but numerous different types of chilies. 
And it's not hot, but if you take a sip and then you just set it there for like 20 minutes and let it warm up a few degrees, completely different flavor profile. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's really good. So, yeah, I, as soon as they opened the place, I became a mug club member. and That's awesome. That was all she wrote. I so drink off the can. You're drinking out of glass. I wanted to look at it. You're just a classy hoe. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I always have been. Um, so this is, which brewing company made this? Uh, Mount Olympus Brewing Mount Olympus. in Aberdeen, Washington. All right. There is still a business in Aberdeen. There's lots of business in Aberdeen, actually, <laughs> and more so the, since the mall closed down. Really? A lot of the places have come downtown, so it's really started to bring the core back. That's awesome. We now, I mean, you can do a pub crawl. You got Mount Olympus, and you got Steam Donkey Brewing, then you got the Tap Room, and then we just had another sports bar open up. So it's like just That's kind awesome. of a, the wine cellars is right there. So Aberdeen... Everything gets a bad rap. It really does. You know, it's Kurt Cobain's fault. That motherfucker. It is. It is. It <laughs> is. You know, everyone's like, "Yeah, we got this." You know, musician, and everyone's like, and then other people. But are he's like, all dirty. Oh, he and he's a heroin addict. Like, yeah. I mean, it was... everybody there must be. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> what do you think of when you think of Aberdeen? Oh, hypodermic needles. Okay. And the yeah. homeless. You yeah. Know? It's gotten a little better. When um, did they actually close the mall for good? Uh couple months ago okay um they had... i drove through there like four years ago looking for a best buy mm-hmm. and i walked around the mall it was actually kind of scary uh it... yeah it reminded <laughs> me of like dawn of the dead yeah exactly <laughs> was like when are the zombies gonna come <laughs> ra- rolling around the corner or vin rains with a shotgun <laughs> yeah it, it was weird yeah but yeah. i think that's a pretty common problem it's not an aberdeen problem it's a it, mall problem it is so we have in the mall there where jc penny's used to be mm-hmm. there's now the extreme fun center so it's like it's like fun land on steroids mm. and go indoor electric go-karts. Oh, and cool. So that has stayed open. Uh-huh. Um, it's, they, it's separate from the structure that's failing. Oh, so there's uh, an actual yeah, like building falling apart. Yeah. Problem. Our last big wind and rainstorm, something structurally with the roof. And if you go through that mall, it literally looks like this painting with the hills and the mountains yeah. and the peaks and valleys. The and floor like, settled in some places. Oh, and Not some places. It, yeah. Like you get a hike going through there. <laughs> it's like waves. Yeah. But uh, honestly, I, to me, it was a blessing. And I know a lot of the businesses now would probably say the same thing. But it really, like I said, put a new energy in downtown. That makes sense. Downtowns all over the country disintegrating mm-hmm. is because of all the malls coming yeah. in. Yep. All the people that were in that mall, the community just like sucked around them and outside places left. yeah 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 you know um but it's yeah so do you think of aberdeen as like your hometown is that where you're from is that where you're living right now that is where i live right now i bought a house there well i bought a house there originally 10 years ago oh i bet the value has gone up well i sold that one and then i bought a new one probably two years ago and like i bought it for 170 just refinanced it and it came back at 270 so it's wow. like yeah I mean, that's awesome and then the house across the street that my buddy just redid just sold for 305 like it's like it's crazy uh the housing market's nuts yeah we thought about selling because we have horses too mm-hmm. and we're like we need acreage and we could sell and we make all this money and we could put it into the next place and then we started looking at place with acreage six seven hundred thousand dollars yeah you know for something that we need or want you know mm-hmm. and i was like let's just stay here yeah <laughs> good neighbors you know we got that block on lock so horses huh also do you want me to call you mitch or mitchell Whatever you want. Well, you know, last time I think we saw each other, we were both students at Ocean Park Elementary School. Yeah. You were going by Mitchell then. Yeah. But, you know, times have changed. Mitch, Mitchell. <laughs> I mean, Hannah called me this morning and called me fucker. So, okay. I mean, you I'll know. I'll probably not call you that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, anyway, if you guys are listening and curious who this gentleman is, this is Mitchell Bolden. He's cousins of Hannah Bolden, who was a guest on the podcast previously. He was a kid who grew up in the same town as me up until you were like third grade or something? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Mrs. Stoddenross's class. Oh, Mrs. Stoddenross. <laughs> I get her confused with Miss Stevens. Miss Stevens was my teacher as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Sydney, Sydney Stevens. Stevens was She's first, second, quite third. a local celebrity now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Writing books. Mm-hmm. And they're fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's been really good for the community. And I, yes, very much so. I haven't talked to her in so long. I've know. I've been tempted to invite her on here. She'd be a good one. I think so too. There's quite a few people of the more advanced generation mm-hmm. that I would love to talk to, but I'm terrified of asking them to climb that hatch and get up here into this little cubby hole of a room. I'm worried that it, <laughs> like an old lady's gonna fall downstairs. <laughs> I don't know how she's getting around now. I haven't seen her in a while, but she used to be just fine. But I mean, there's an optional rope that she could climb to get up here, but that's, that's just, yeah, I don't know. You know, just get a couple of good crabbers out here. And, mm-hmm. Well, just get Hilton to lift her up there. He could. He'll I just s- pick her up and throw her. I was going to say, I've seen the picture. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I grew up here till fifth grade, was born in Astoria, and my family's from here. I mean, well, grandma was at the high school forever. Connie, right? Yep. Yep. The lunch lady. (laughs) And then moved to South Bend and then moved to Aberdeen. I graduated from Bullapa Valley. My mom still works at the pharmacy there. You're practically still local. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we never left Pacific County. It was Mm -hmm. just my mom got the job at South Bend Pharmacy up there and she was commuting from Seaview. Uh huh. And it was just like, oh, we need to find something to do. So, you know, my dad got a job at the beer company there in Aberdeen, distributing, driving truck, mm-hmm. driving down here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was just, granted, when I was a kid, I hated it. Yeah. You know, I lost all the friends I had here, really. And, I mean, back then you didn't have the social media you had. No. So, you know, unless you knew their phone number and you got it before you left, you just didn't That was just the anymore. end. Yeah. yeah. That, is, that is weird. The kids will never have to really live like that. No. Like, it used to be such a huge deal if your friend moved away. It's Very like, much so. Nice knowing you. Like one of the one of my, I would consider him best friend when I was growing up here that I haven't talked to since I left was uh, I don't even know if he's still around here. His name was Sean Rock. Sean Rock, I remember that name. I I don't even know if he's still around here. Oh man, <laughs> I don't either. But yeah, sometimes I will see a picture online or or hear a name and just be like, get a flash, be like, oh yeah, that's an Ocean Park person. Uh-huh. I know them. Uh huh. It's like. <laughs> Or you hear a last name and you're like, ah, yeah, okay, that, that rings a bell. I don't know him, but it rings a bell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeff Nesbitt, I've heard that name, but is he the guy who paints? Maybe. <laughs> well, and I've got, I've, people up in Aberdeen are listening to it now. Cool. Um, I've talked to my friends about, you know, because I'm always listening to it. You mm-hmm. know, I told Megan this morning, I said, there's another podcast, so I'm going to listen to it on my way down. <laughs> Good. I hope somebody's listening. <laughs> you probably have half my family on it. Right on. Because uh, Lacey listens to it. So. Lacey, I saw Lacey last weekend. Did you? Yeah. So Justin hope... and Lacey are awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my family does listen to it, though. I know, uh, I think even more on Hannah's side and stuff listens cool. to it. You know, Hannah. And that's how I started, was listening to Hannah's. But to be honest with you, I, Ramble was the first podcast I listened to. A lot of people have said that. I literally, like, Hannah's like, I was on a podcast. And I'm like, what? The fuck is a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> it's... I listen to books on tape or, mm-hmm. you know, stream them now. But uh, what the hell is a podcast? Yeah. And the first time you listen, you turn it on and you're waiting. 
when does the show start? Well, and you're that, waiting, you're waiting. Is there credits? Is there a, a, some kind of a bell? Exactly. Like, like when, uh, the uh, uh, the pot of gold thing. Yeah. That's Colton. I know. I know. Yeah. Pot of gold. <laughs> it's like, uh, that is the bell. That's uh-huh. like the Pavlov dog yep. thing. Here we go. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Uh-huh. It reminds me of the, the dick house jackass. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going for. Or like there was um, at the end of The Simpsons when I was a kid, boom, 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 shh. And that every time, and it's like, oh, that's The Simpsons is over. And my brain, without me having to think about it, knows like it's bedtime now. Yeah. Simpsons is over. It's uh, classical conditioning, pairing, stimulus and response. Yeah, trying to trick everybody into knowing what's happening. Yeah, like no, get it, ready. This is this. This is time, what's going on. It's time to listen to Jeff. I even catch myself singing the song now. Yeah. <laughs> so have you gotten to know Colton yet? Well, I knew Colton. Is a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, our family's kind of hung out, and we all hung out. And uh, I knew his brother and his sister. And didn't really I think the first time I'd seen him in years is when you guys graduated. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Holy shit, that's the Chocker Twins!" And hadn't had a chance to talk to him or anything. And then they just came out for the bachelor party. And he's a good dude. Yeah, he is. He's a good dude, and I get along with him. <laughs> he's you know he's easy to get along he's with. Very very easy to get along with. Plus I you know. Sorry, Hannah, I got him drunk. Uh, <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I just kept feeding him. <laughs> and <it was> like... <laughs> he's he's very susceptible to peer pressure, which is great as a best friend. Well, I matched it with him. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it uh, no, it he's very good people. But like I said, until they got together, I probably would have never reconnected with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. I'm glad they did. Me know? too. I love them both. Mm-hmm. And I think that together they're even better. Well, and I don't know a whole lot about Colton's history, but I know that Hannah deserves to be happy. That's the know? thing. They both deserve somebody cool mm-hmm. and somebody who's worthy of them because they're both badasses mm-hmm. for a lot of similar reasons. They're yep. both hilarious. Mm-hmm. They're both genuine and honest. Oh, yeah. It's like they're, they're good people. Yep. And I'm, I'm stoked that they're going to get to have a little family or... Who knows how it's going to play out? Yeah, it'll be it'll be good. You know, yeah. like I said, they're coming up for the wedding, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, it it'll be good. I can totally see us hanging out. And I mean, Hannah's more of a sister to me, I guess you could say, than uh-huh. a cousin. You know, no matter through her divorce or mine or you know anything like that, it that was always the constant that could be there. You know, I could call her and I could be vulnerable. I could do all the you know tell her anything and it stayed between us and she did the same thing when it was just that support i guess you could say yeah that was one of the first things that when me and megan got together hannah met her and talked to her and stuff like that and she's like you better marry her Mm -hmm. i said duh you know yeah it's weird how when when people you're close to are like hey you better lock that down it's Mm -hmm. so easy to be like of course you're right i believe you and uh, yes i will but when the same exact people are like Hey, I don't know if this is such a good idea. You're like, well, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Agree with me and we'll agree together. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. No, but Hannah, Hannah will be the one to tell you, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) You know, because she has done that to me before too. Hannah helped me with Megan. That's cool. As far as, because our, our, our meeting was not. The most normal circumstances, I guess you could say. What kind of circumstances? <sighs> Told you I was going to talk about you. Uh, so I work with her ex-husband. 
Okay. And it just she's a hairstylist, and he said, anytime you want to get a haircut, just get a hold of Megan. So I got so were they on good terms then? Uh. <laughs> well, he's recommending her for work. Yeah. Well, or this, maybe this he just was prior. Was, okay. This was prior. So this is when she was married to him. Cut that part out. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Because she was cutting hair. You uh-huh. know. This was years later. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was looking for somebody to cut my hair, and I sent her a text message or it was an an iMessage because I never remember. Mm-hmm. And on Messenger, and she, I said, hey, you know, my name's Mitch. I don't know if you remember me. And she said, yeah. And I said, well, I'm looking for somebody to cut my hair. And he always said to get a hold of you if I need my hair cut. She goes, well, we're not together, but oh, okay. I can cut so your hair. He had recommended her long before. Long before. And I you was just You just like, held on to that information mm-hmm. in your head, like, yep. just in case. I saw yep. her. She's kind of hot. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But I never, I never... Had no plan. No, never yeah. had no plan. I never, I didn't even know they were split up. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't even know. And got, got a hold about the haircut. And then I found out what was going on there. And I said, hey, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. I've been through it. And uh, if you ever need to get anything off your chest. And uh, just started kind of talking the haircut and, you know, everything else. And we went and had sushi as friends, I told her, I said, I'm going out there anyway, by myself. There's a new sushi place opening up. If you want to go, cool. If not, like. Pretty fucking smooth, man. Well, no, because she. Pretty smooth. She, the first time I met her, mm-hmm. she hadn't been out of the house in forever. Like, mm-hmm. Just kind of isolated. Like uh, COVID isolated or by choice? Just going through it. Yeah. You know. Fresh out of a bad relationship. Yeah. Or just, like that. Just, just dealing with stuff. And mm-hmm. and uh, it it just. Was trying to be a friend, I guess. And honestly, until later on that night, I didn't realize there was anything other than that. And trust me, I'm not that damn smooth. <laughs> like, like I said, you know, I've been friend zone more than once. But so you, uh, yeah, you just had to be genuine, and it ended up working out. Yeah, I just, yeah. I like I told, like I told Hannah numerous times, stop looking, stop looking, get off the websites, get off anything. And that's what I told her, you know, when she met Colton, she told me the same thing. She goes, I stopped looking. You got to let it happen. Exactly. And that was me and Megan. Literally, we went back to my house that night and sat in the living room on the couch. And it was like probably eight o'clock when we got there. I lost track of time. We we're just talking. Just in the zone. My alarm went off on my phone at 6 a.m. to go to work. And you're still talking? Still talking. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like eight hours <laughs> uh-huh. of just talking. And she looked at me and she goes, is this more than just, she goes, or am I just reading this really wrong? And I said, I'm really fucking glad that you said something. Yeah. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I, I just, that's just not, wasn't me, you know, I don't. Well, you kind of have to not be that guy because you already said ahead of time, like, I'm, it's not yeah. nothing. I'm just, yeah. you know. No. And, and it wasn't meant to be that way. Yeah. But then it started to feel that way. I love the story. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's how we met and it's just. But how was the haircut? Uh, I don't know. How is it? Is this the same haircut? <laughs> she does my hair now. Like nice. It took me actually took me forever to get her to cut my hair. Oh really? Because she thinks that I'm super picky and like OCD about certain things. And uh, at the time, I was going to a really good barber down there, and it was during COVID. Oh. That she cut my hair. Okay, so you were out of options. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm I'm just not gonna cut it, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have mop. Until I get bored of it, and then I'm going to shave the sides and have a mullet. And she's like, no, you're not. I said, okay, you're going to cut my hair then. There you go. Back to her into a corner. Yeah. Winning. Yeah. So how was COVID for you? Did that mess with stuff in your life? I liked COVID. 
yeah, I didn't have a huge problem with it and how it affected my day to day. I worked and to be honest with you, I, I ride Harleys and I side by side, I got a four seater so I take the family and all that kind of stuff. So you're outdoors a lot. Yeah. And so that didn't really affect me. All the guys that I ride side by sides with, you can socially distance during that. Yeah. So that didn't really affect me there. And so with my medical history, uh, I've got a low immune, you know, my immune system's kind of goofy. And so I catch everything. Oh yeah. Normally. I haven't had a fucking cold this year. Nice. It has been so great. And I'm like, everyone's like, I hate these fucking masks. And I'm like, they're not that bad. Keeping <laughs> everybody else from getting you sick. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just, my kid hasn't been getting sick at school, you know, and bringing nice. it over. It's just, yeah. it, I mean, I honestly, yeah, COVID sucked. Yeah. Um, I mean, it killed a lot of people. It did. It, And, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that COVID wasn't bad, yeah. but it wasn't horrible for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I don't know. COVID wasn't horrible for me. Yeah. Granted, it's been horrible with other things with restrictions and, you know, all that. I think it depends stuff, so much on just what you do, who you are and where you, where you are. It does. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, granted it, nobody likes being told what to do. Yeah. You know, like every time I get in my car, I wear a seatbelt, mm-hmm. but do I want to be told I have to? I don't. That's, that's a pretty libertarian view. I, I wear a helmet on my motorcycle. I don't want to be told I have to. Yeah, it's your brain. Yeah. If you want to splatter it all over the pavement, it's your choice. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I have taken it off in Idaho and rode across, you know, rode mm-hmm. on the highway, you know, and yeah, it's fun for a while, but then I'm like, eh, this is probably not a good idea. Well, there there are <clears throat> situations where you can make your own decisions mm-hmm. where like it, it's not always super dangerous to do yeah. these things and always or always not dangerous. People are just so lazy with mm-hmm. making decisions for themselves. Yep. So and in, and because of that, we kind of have to mandate it. It's just so that idiots will make the right choice, but yeah. it is kind of hard to swallow. It's like you're telling me I have to save my own life. It's yeah. against the law for me to be right foolish, and you know I don't know. Everyone's like, well, if you get COVID, and you know you could die, and all, this, and then yes, you can. It's oh sure, flat out. But at the same time, if you're taking all the precautions not to get it, you're not gonna get it. Yeah, you probably won't get it. You know I. The whole time this COVID's been going on, anytime I'm outside of my house, I am hand sanitizing. I wear a mask. Yeah. You know, I socially distance as much as possible. I don't share drinks or anything like that until I was vaccinated. Yeah. I just, I never got COVID. Yeah. You know, and I've were been. Did, were people around you getting it? I've been in the thick of it. Okay. Like 1,200 positives, you know, like I've, wow. I've been in the thick of it. Um, yeah. So. Know, we're not going to talk about your work specifically, yeah. but how could we t- explain, like, you're with a bunch of people who, you work in an institution surrounded by people every day that you don't know. Yes. Yes. So there's a uh, high it's, probability it's a, of exposure. It's a, uh, what do you call it? A community. Okay. Um, communal, communal setting. Perfect. Is what the CDC calls it. And there's a lot of people. And once, and it's, and it's a true thing that if everyone's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, that it literally spreads like wildfire. And- a vast majority were asymptomatic. But that's the scary part. Or it was. Very much we're so. We're kind of getting it figured out now. We, we are. What to not be afraid of. But yeah, there was it was pretty touch and go there for about six months. <sighs> Trust me. I know. But um it's hard. Yeah. You know, just and there's a there's a, a, a part of that that has some PTSD that goes with it. You know what I mean? And not I'm not saying personally, but a lot of you know, staff and everybody else, it's that what they I think they're calling it COVID fatigue. 
Oh yeah. You know, and it's just I got that after like two weeks. Oh man. Man. <laughs> I was so tired of it. We just recently went to Denver for a Megan learned how to do uh, tie-in extensions. And it to, was Oh, for hair. Yeah. And so she we went up there and I just went along because I was like, Oh, I'll go to Denver with you. Hell you know, yeah. and have dinner or whatever, and you go to your class and I'll hang out at the hotel. So we went over there, but we we land in Denver and that airport goes, you know, on the loudspeaker, they're like Please socially distance and wear your mask. We mandate, yada, yada, yada. Then we get down to the bottom of the escalator where the tram is. The C corridor or whatever. We get on the tram. We're like, oh, this ain't so bad. Then we get to stop at the B corridor. And it looks like cows for the slaughter. Like they're ready to get on this train. Uh And by the time we hit the A corridor, it was nuts to butts, like sardines. And we both, me and Megan both almost had like panic attacks. Same with everyone else on the train. I mean, it was, we're all staring at each other. And like you said, you know, everyone's got their masks on. So you see everyone's eyes just like bugged out. Yeah. Dude, that sounds horrible. I was just on an elevator with like four or five other people where Mm -hmm. it's like, I can't get six feet. I can't get six feet. This Mm -hmm. is not good. It's like, you're, you just start spiraling real quick. It's like watching a movie where somebody's underwater and you hold your breath. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, I got to breathe. Yeah. Or Man. I can breathe. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what is it that you do? I work in the correctional field or criminal justice field. And I am in charge of security related issues at that facility. Okay, cool. So if somebody sees something that's a security issue, I go in and I look at it. So you're like a, an auditor or type consultant or? In a way, but there's a committee of people mm-hmm. that I head that looks at those issues. So it's not just my own interpretation. It's a, a group of peers. Gotcha. Um, and there's a lot of other things to it. I started out in the the officer field. So did you work your way up through experience or did mm-hmm. you go get trained somewhere? Both. Both. I've had training throughout. You got to do it to know it. You know? Yeah. Like I said, there's, there's certain parts I can go into, but uh, I've been there. <laughs> um, You've seen some shit. I've seen some shit. I've seen... <laughs> Seen guys very vividly self-harm themselves, you know, uh, like just, just carving on themselves. Um, and then, you know, I've seen guys that have died and dealt with numerous medical emergencies. When I, when I first started in that field, I had a problem with blood. Not anymore. Have you seen the movie Felon? No. It's with Steven Dorff and Val Kilmer. I love Val Kilmer. And it's about the California correction system. And, uh, Val Kilmer plays a lifer that, and he had the best term ever. He said that that environment desensitizes you. The first time you see somebody stabbed or, you know, see blood and that type of thing, you get sick and you throw up or you pass out. So the second time it makes you uncomfortable. I said the third time you just step over him. Yeah. You know, and that, and it's true. You mm-hmm. know, I remember the first time I saw blood there, I almost passed out. Like the doctor kicked me a stool. <laughs> yeah. Imagine <clears throat> if you didn't have that response. Like if you didn't grow to be accustomed to it, you wouldn't be able to do so many jobs. No. No. Be... You have to come up with some sort of callousness. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it can be good and bad, mm-hmm. you know? Because um, you can't really go back from it, can you? No. Look at people come back from war. Mm-hmm. It's it's not easy to just switch back. No, it's not. And there is there is a lot of studies in that field, in the law enforcement field. Granted, it's not the same thing, but they are doing studies now where they're seeing that the PTSD from those different jobs are equivalent to wartime, you know? And yeah, it, sure. Not in the sense that we're 
getting grenades thrown on us and everything like that. Trauma's trauma is trauma. Your nervous it, system it is. doesn't give a it fuck is. who's it throwing is. the grenade. You know, it totally Or is. who's firing the shots. You know, it's it, like, and, I, and a lot of people are ashamed to talk about it. But like I, when I started to go to counseling, um, it was great. I bet. I learned a lot about what I was going through. Like, you know, I don't suffer from PTSD, but it's a, uh, what do they call it? Traumatic. It's a series of small traumas that have built up to that, you know, yeah. creates Just that big one. Accumulate you know? over time. Yeah. You know, yeah. chronic exposures. Well, yeah. And when you're, when you're supervising stuff like that, when you're the supervisor on site, you don't, you can't process it because you got to make sure everyone else is okay. Yeah. You know, so I've spent a lot of time internalizing and that type of stuff, but, um, come a long way since then, but. Um, do you meditate? I do not. I bet it would help. Probably. My problem is, is that I'm one of those people that I can't nap during the day mm -hmm. because there's always something to do. Yeah. I'm one of those uh, too. Even if it's just watching a movie. Like I might miss a piece of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just, that's just who I am. So to sit down and not do anything for a while. The trick is you have to turn it into something to do. And that's how you can get around that. So I, I deal with the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I got to work on the podcast. I got to work on my kitchen. I, w I would like to spend time with my kids and my wife. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like a useful way to use my time, even if it is just 10 minutes to just sit there and do nothing. Yeah. But if I'm like, I'm not going to just sit down and do nothing. I'm going to sit down and... in observe internally yeah so i'm gonna with genuine curiosity sit down close my eyes see what the fuck's happening in there <laughs> see what comes up and actually care and and when it does notice it and don't react to it but just observe let it pass and then wait for the next thing before you know it 10 minutes is over and you're like oh i'm having these feel these are the thoughts that persistently kept coming up yeah, yeah. that's probably where i should go and invest some time is on that problem but yeah, no, I totally get that. And even that being said, the last time I sat down and meditated for more than 10 minutes was months ago. Like, I get 10 minutes is about as much time as I'll give myself. It almost feels like self-indulgent uh -huh. to sit there for a long time. See, and my zen is, and there's nothing like being on the motorcycle and just going. That's my meditation. So I ride with a group of guys, and, and when I'm riding side by side with somebody, I really have to be super vigilant of what they're doing and what I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm always like, you're on guard. Yep. But when I'm riding by myself, even with just me and Megan, like I can take the whole lane up. I just flow in my mind. I mean, I'm always watching. You're watching for hazards and that yeah. type of stuff. But my mind just floats. The part of your brain that's watching for hazards is not the part that you're consciously no. aware of anymore. Because yeah. you know how to do it. Your yeah. body knows how to drive the thing. And I am just, like I said, I, I honestly feel like I'm just floating. Like I'm just in the zone you give me goosebumps go. man yeah like, I, I know I the feeling and it. i love it that's that is like that is where i feel my zen you know i just bought a new bike and so we're like we've been out on it quite a bit what kind you get i got a so i had a 06 road king and then i just bought a 16 road glide so oh, nice i love it so you um, like a bigger bike like oh, yeah. a cruiser kickback yeah. well if i want to ride to spokane i want to be comfortable <laughs> yeah. especially i want to be able to take my comforts with me you, you have know? a radio on it oh yeah the, yeah. I, I was driving down the freeway a couple of weeks ago and this pack of like probably 20 guys on motorcycles drove up next to me in the lane. Every single one of them had their own radio and they were all <laughs> blasting different music. So it's like, how are, did you, how is anybody listening to anything? It's like... You could put subwoofers in the trunks. It's It was so loud. It was I could like hear just nothing but noise. There's, <laughs> there's no music to enjoy. Like, I don't, I didn't get it, but. The nice thing about the music and the reason you get that is because like the speakers are designed to face me. Yeah. Like I, I can hear it just fine. I hear every word, you know, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Plus the way that the fairings are built, they're just, I mean, it dampens the noise. It, yeah. You know, they're but, pretty well engineered. Oh, yeah. 
comfortable yeah. too, like a yeah. Goldwing or something. Uh, Cadillac of motorcycles. Those are old man <laughs> motorcycles. Yeah. I just got told that my truck looks like an old man the other day. Really? Looks like a, that's an old man's truck. I was like, well, I bought it from my grandfather. Like, there you go. That's a Chevy 2500, man. It tows my side-by-side -side and... What kind of side-by-side -side do you have? I got a 2019 Terex Kawasaki. Oh, okay. oh nice. So it's a four-seater. Nice. Um, it's not the fastest turbocharged crazy machine, but mm -hmm. it'll climb a fucking tree. <laughs> I got pictures of like this on a tree. You Those know? things are ridiculously so, fun. Oh, yeah. I rolled it the first day I had it. Really? <laughs> I bet that was scary. Uh, it was interesting. Have you rolled it since? No. So you pushed it right up to the limit I've and figured it out? And... Come close, though. Yeah. <laughs> we ride, I mean, especially during COVID, mm -hmm. we're riding every weekend. Yeah. Like, even in the, that's the nice thing about it, even in the wintertime, you know, it just, you're going to get wet, put some yeah. ring gear on, you mm -hmm. know? So. It's worth it. It is. You guys have trails and stuff all so mapped we, out? We got some local trails, and then we go up to Tahuya up by Belfair. Okay. It's an ORV park. And they got a lot of cool stuff up there. They got the big, so you can, you can go up there on the trails and stuff and park and watch the rock crawlers and stuff up on Oh, the, nice. It's, it's pretty cool. Hannah's been out there. So she went out there with me one time, but it, I don't know. Like I said, that doesn't so much, the side-by-sides aren't my Zen. The motorcycle's my Zen, but yeah. the side-by-sides are just that fun. Cause half the time I'm panicking with the side-by-side, -side, especially with my kids in there, you know, oh, yeah. very careful and you know, okay, you're wearing a helmet, you mm -hmm. know. How old are your kids and how many do you have? So I've got one kid. She will be 10 this year. Yeah. She, Leela is her name. And she is an amazing, I can't believe I'm saying that, but young lady. She makes me proud. So Isn't being a dad great? It is. Were you is. the type of kid who always planned on being a dad? No. No. No, I was not. So you um, surprised yourself? Yeah, I wasn't really planning on it, but it wasn't like it was like, surprise. Yeah. I was married at the time and... It happened and, you know, uh, that marriage ended and I love my daughter. I hate it when people use the excuse to stay together for a child. It's, yeah. I, I mean, to me, it is an excuse. It is because it, it never goes good. Yeah. It never goes good for the kid. And, you know, anybody that's listening, like, <laughs> don't do it just for them. Now, now, try everything you can to make it work, you know, yeah. and, and counseling and everything else. But I didn't know how unhappy until I met Megan. Because you were probably trying really hard to make it work the first time. And I talked about this a little bit with Jessica Harriet, but that part in the in a bad relationship when you're like, well, they said it was going to be hard. Maybe this is the hard stuff that they were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I just got to push through it and eventually it's going to get better. And then sometimes it just doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. And it, and like I said, that's the one thing with Megan is, is like it didn't feel like work. But there is things that we have to work on. You know, there's always going to be. You yeah, know, you're humans. Uh, and we're not always going to agree on things and, you know, all this other stuff. But I just, like I, I, I just told her the other day, I don't know why it came up, but we were talking about flaws. Flaws or floss? Flaws. Okay. Like my flaws, her flaws. What are your insecurities? Uh-huh. You know, and it just kind of came up. And That's a fun conversation. It was interesting. I've had that on here a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, because I've got, I've got insecurities just like anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so does she. And so we just kind of, it just kind of came up and it. I don't even know where I was going with that, but so like, oh, that's where I was going. So we got, that's chemo brain. Uh, so yeah, don't let me forget to get, we got to get into that a little bit too, have, if you want. Well, of course, cancer's fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, 
I know it makes people awkward when you say that. Honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm excited to hear about it because you you'd survive. Yeah. Megan like, goes, you talk about that a lot. I'm like, well, how one could you person not? one person learns something to go get a fucking blood draw instead of waiting for my story. Yeah. Win. Yeah. You know, uh but also I'm highly paranoid about cancer. Oh, so yeah. I like talking about it because yeah. I think about it all the time. Don't worry about it too much. Yeah. That'll give you cancer. <laughs> it will. <laughs> cancer of the stomach. Yeah. Anxiety. Uh, so we were talking about it and I said, cause I'm, I'll talk about it. I told you I was going to talk about my vows. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about, there's no such thing as the perfect body, mm-hmm. you know, cause you could have the, you know, when we were growing up, Cindy Crawford, you know what I mean? She was like the perfect model, the, the supposedly the perfect mo- body. She's she's like a seven by today's standards. Yeah, no ass, <laughs> no ass. Yeah, that's no good. Uh, but that's that was the whole meaning. She's still behind beautiful, it. I guess. Oh but, yeah. yeah. I mean, have you seen her lately? She uh, still looks really good. She hasn't changed a bit. Yeah, her <laughs> daughter is like a model now. Yep. I heard her yep. on a podcast on uh, what was it? Take your shoes off with Rick Glassman. Shout out Rick Glassman, and she wasn't that interesting. <laughs> I think Rick had to do a lot of work on that podcast. He, she even had a friend with her. These girls, they didn't have a lot of substance. I don't know. I, I don't hold that against them. Why, yeah. why would they have to develop personalities looking the way they do? But well, and that's you know. like like where I was going. So it's yeah, I said the. I mean, I don't have the perfect body. Me I, I, I don't. I don't match any of the models' bodies or anything like that. And neither does Megan. Or you know, I said, but. The thing is, is that there's no quote unquote perfect body because me and you aren't agree aren't going to agree exactly what the perfect body is. Yeah, it's like what is it perfect for? Exactly. Megan has the perfect body to me, mm-hmm. and me to her. You that's know, and the that's way it should be, and that's the whole thing. You know, and we when we started talking about flaws and stuff, we just kind of came to this like it was like duh, yeah. You know, um, the cool part too is like when you have those conversations, you start to realize like oh, these things that I may have being self-conscious about my whole life that I've always considered flaws are actually what my partner loves. Yeah. So it's like, you never know. Yeah. You never know. Well, we were, the, the flaw, whole flaw thing came up when we were talking because like, I still harbor some stuff with my teeth. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I had braces and my teeth look fine. But I mean, I used to look like, I was making this laughing at me, but I, I used to look like a sand shark. Uh-huh. <laughs> it just kind of stuck out and in and over, you know. Teeth stuff and, is weird, too, because uh, it's such a small part of your body. It's huge, though. But it's huge it's in your mind. first thing, because even though I'm looking at your eyes, if you smile, I'm going to see your teeth. And I'm yeah, okay with that exactly. now because I got my braces <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, no, it's a hurt. Like a week ago. It's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, it really is. That was a very shitty, uh, like, I, I waited way too long to do that. I could have mm-hmm. had braces for free when I was on welfare as a mm-hmm. kid. And I chose not to because I was embarrassed. I was just like, I already have acne and I'm fat. I can't have braces too. I just can't handle it. It's a trifecta. Yeah. I'll never get laid. So I was, I was just like, I'll just keep my mouth closed and smile half, halfway. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's better to be confident with what you got regardless. You just got to find somebody who loves it. I did. Yeah. You know, and it's. I guess it starts with loving yourself. It does. It yeah. does. I mean, like I, when me and Megan met, I, you know, and I still struggle with something. I mean, you're always going to struggle with that. Yeah, it never ends. No, it doesn't. But like, I knew, I pretty much knew this on that second date when we were talking for those eight hours that 
that was, it was it. Yeah, that, I mean, no more choice in the matter. I've, you know, they talk about the quote unquote soulmate, and I do believe in that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, like I said, I've been, you know, this would be my second marriage. Uh, you only get married twice. Do you think that there is a soulmate, like, by Hollywood standards, where it's like there's the one, the nope. one person there out there somewhere, you got to go find them? Because nope. that seems ridiculous. I believe there's more than one. Yeah. But but it's a one type of person. But I think it's like one in a billion that you're going to find that next one. Yeah. Like, I found Megan. She's my person. If me something happened between us or if something happened to her or something happened to me, I'd probably never find the other one. Maybe it's just like the one, meaning the one that you might actually run into in your life because you only meet so many people. Mm-hmm. There's 7 mm-hmm. billion people on the planet. You're yeah. not going to meet even anywhere close to. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'll get hit by a truck before I meet the other one. You yeah. know, I, I don't believe that there's quote unquote, you know, that one person like, ooh, I found that one out of everybody in the world. I found that one. Yeah. You know? So, um, but it's just, <laughs> we laugh because we're very much different. You know, I'm, I, when it comes to politics, when it comes to some food, when it comes to, you know, views on public issues and, you know, but for the most part, everything else, like we finish each other's sentences and we, I mean, like, it's just simpatico. It, it clicks, yeah. you know, and it's just like, that's such but, a good place to be. Oh man, man. It's, it, sometimes I actually feel like I shouldn't talk about it so much on here because I don't want to make people feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like, cause there's a lot of people out there who do not have that. No, they're fucking are, miserable. They're either miserable <laughs> in a relationship with somebody who they're stuck with mm-hmm. or they're lonely or, you know, there's lots of different scenarios where people are unhappy, but one out of a, a th- maybe one out of a thousand people get to feel this feeling where it's just like, yeah, I found my person. Uh-huh. It's so good. And it's nice to see somebody else has it. <laughs> I, yeah. And I, and I never thought I would. I didn't either. You know, and I, cause I always, I mean, I went through relationships and I've went through <laughs> friends. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't really, didn't think I was going to ever find that one person. Cause I was like, you know, I get bored easy. Mm-hmm. I do. And even when we're fighting, <laughs> it keeps me. You know, there's never a dull moment between us, you yeah. know? Um, and the one thing I've never had is, like, going away on the motorcycle or going away for a weekend with the guys side-by-siding. Like, she's like, go. I have things to do. That's nice. It, it is, because I've, nice. I've been used to, well, where are you going? Yeah. Well, who's going? Did your first marriage have a thing with jealousy or, or territorial <sighs> issues? Yes and no. Um, I... Uh, my lawyer told me not to talk too much about it. So there's nothing wrong with my ex in and of herself. She, mm-hmm. she I, I wish her the best. Um, we definitely were not good together. Um, it, it was almost like we triggered each other, the worst out of each other. I, yeah, I, I relate. And it just was, uh, if we would have stayed together, it would have, our daughter would not turn out good. Um, and I knew that. Because um, you were being shitty to each other? Well, very much so. Yeah. Um, and it just, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, Harbor and I've dealt with, with with counseling and stuff like that. But it's, if I didn't have that first relationship and that first marriage, I wouldn't know what I have now. Yeah. You could compare it. Exactly. You know? And it's not saying that 
uh, it was all her fault or all my fault. I mean, it takes two to tango. For sure. You know, and it it's, you know, like like they say, there's your side, my side, and then the truth. Yep. <laughs> you know? And so, none of those three things are usually the same. No. It's all, you know, it's speculation. A mishmash. Yeah. Let's play the telephone game. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know? So it that was kind of the the catalyst that really made me understand that there is that I, I, before that, I never believed in a soulmate. Mm-hmm. I never believed in, I could ever click with somebody like that. Like, Oh, the movies make it sound so easy. And they, I was you know, just thinking about that. You think there is any possibility that because our generation grew up watching these romantic comedies and like, I don't know if we ever believed or even taught to believe that this is the way it's really supposed to be, mm-hmm. but you kind of internalize that. Uh, the whole process of the falling in love and meeting the person serendipitously and uh, like you expect it implicitly, even though you know that that's just a story. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you get into your real life and you find yourself in this relationship and it's nothing like that. It's not so cute and funny and she's actually really mean and it hurts your feelings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, well, fuck. Yeah. And then so you end that and find something else. And so I like, it seems like a common pattern mm-hmm. with people from our generation where you have a failed marriage with somebody who wasn't right for you and pretty much everyone else's eyes who knows you. And yeah. then, then you find someone else later and everyone's just like, thank God. What do, you, but, what do the movies say? You're supposed to graduate high school, get a job, get married and have kids. Yep. Not I a did lot it. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's dangerous if you just do it like by the book like that. Yeah, and it is. And it, and it to be honest with you, though, it probably made me – um, a better person. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm will tell you too, but, uh, I'm a people pleaser. Like I want people to be happy. I want people to like me. I want, you know, yeah. um, I'm just now getting to the point where it's like, you're going to like me if you're going to like me. If not, then cool. You know, yeah. you, you can go hang out with them. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always want people to walk away and go, that Mitch, that's a nice guy. That yeah, that's you know, a good important thing to think about. That, I'd rather have that than oh, that Mitch, he's hot as fuck. Yeah, you know, I'd much rather have them say that is a solid dude that stands by his word, and you know, and you know, that's my old man used to tell me. That's all you got is your word. You Not know? only is that great to have just in your back pocket, but it's it's a, a marketable thing also because mm-hmm. people are going to want to do business with you. People are going to think of you when they need help, so you're going to just be in people's mind more. And it's going to benefit you in the long run anyway. I edited that, by the way. What? You know, my dad said, you know, all you have is your word. Cause what it, else? It was followed by, all you have is your word. And you're a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was one of those shame tactics. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. But I took the good part of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> the... <laughs> I try really hard not to call my kids names. Even ones that are like that, where... And they sometimes do slip out of your mouth <laughs> mouth because, like, it, there's a huge difference between being like, hey, you're lying. Yeah. Uh, you're a good person and you're telling a lie right now. That's not yeah. something you should do. Or saying, hey, look, you're a liar. Yeah. Like, you're, you're lying, so you're a liar. Because then, they like, that kid leaves that situation with, like, I'm a, liar. I'm a liar. Guess I'll go lie some more. Or it's like, you're a fucking liar. Here's a spars of soap. Yeah. Bite down because I'm going to pull it out. Oh, did you get that? <laughs> yeah. You have your mouth washed out oh. with soap? Oh man! The liquid soap was worse. Oh yeah. <laughs> One time, me and my brother were playing uh, bartender, where like <laughs> I, I was giving him shots of uh, country time lemonade, <laughs> sliding them down the bar to him, and he, you know, take the shot. And I 
filled one halfway up with lemon joy dish soap, and then I put the lemonade on top of that. Oh, you got and the I slid, Oh yeah, I was such a piece of shit <laughs> of a big brother. I, I regret a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I did that as a a big brother. My brother fell asleep on the couch when me and my friend were hanging out when we were kids, and. You know, rubbed Tabasco on inside of his lips, uh -huh. up on his gums. Yeah. And he woke up just screaming and crying. I'm like, well, I don't know what happened, Mom. Like, yeah. I mean, putting your finger in his mouth when he's asleep in the first place is kind of gross. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, big brothers are not nice. No, they're not. Well, he got even. He hit me with a bat and he pushed me down the stairs. He, you know. I mean, Good for him. We went rounds. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, my, my brother... Grew up to be one of the toughest motherfuckers I know. Um, so maybe maybe it was all a blessing in disguise that he was from jumping out too many vans on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he he was a rough and tumble kid, really really to the max. Well, that was my brother. I was the careful one. Me too. Like I before I'm going to do anything, I'm going to tell you how many ways I can break a bone doing it. Yeah, you know what was and, the age difference? Uh, five years. Okay, well, almost about. And but my brother was like could jump any bicycle, could, you know, was busting his head open. Was, yeah, mine you too. Know, it, it, he was just... I was never into that shit. No, hell no. No, nah, I'm not going on that rope swing. I don't like pain. No. <laughs> like, I did rope swings, but you know, but somebody else had to do it first. Yeah. Well, I was always the guy who was just like, I'm just going to watch. Was, oh, yeah. Even, like, I don't... Yeah, not that I was scared, but just like the amount of fun that I would extract from that activity yeah. doesn't look like it's that much... I'll get more entertainment after you get hurt doing yeah. it. Yeah. Like, well, like I'll instigate the shit out of it. Oh, that was me too. And poke. Yes, like, yes. Oh, I pussy. want people to do it. I want to see what happens, but I'm not going to be the one who tries it. Yeah. That's what's not great about being a big brother. Right. Like, that's management material. That's called peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not cool. Actually, I don't right. even know if that's peer pressure. That's like social domination. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I think they, I think they, it's probably called child abuse now. Yeah. I think it's all of those things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, let's talk a little bit about cancer. Oh. Hot topic these days. Yeah, deep. Mm. Um, and, and we don't have to co cover it all that all that uh, thoroughly. But It really does not bother me whatsoever to talk about anything. Uh, okay. I mean, as far as the cancer stuff goes. Um, well, so uh, did you hear Cooper Blyle's interview by chance? Yes. So he talked about his story. Did not know about his story. Scared the shit out of me. Loved it. Yeah, I thought that one was really good. It was extremely good. Made me touch my balls. Me too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely was looking at him like. <laughs> Just might as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm already there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Like, because I didn't know his story. Uh -huh. You know, I knew about Carla. And I that, really and didn't either. Stuff, but you know, I you know because my you know I vividly remember Aunt Jody. Uh, Lacey's mom. Mm -hmm. uh, my aunt Jody was—I get teared up thinking about her. But she was an amazing woman, and when she passed away, I mean, that was my first real like boom experience with cancer. Yeah, like it took somebody I loved. And, How old were uh, you then? Oh God, a freshman maybe, junior okay. in high school, uh, or freshman or sophomore. And I remember coming home my mom telling me that Aunt Jody had passed and I lost it and I came down and spent a week at uh, Lacey and with Uncle Chuck and and it it really really sucked you know and yeah. that was the first real experience I had with it and I never thought you know oh cancer you know wow and I never thought 
I'd get it. No one ever does, it no, seems like. No, And to be honest with you, I didn't, didn't even know I had it. I thought I had a cold. But there was a lot. Now looking back, there was a lot more signs. Uh-huh. Um, what were they? So in my job, I worked at the in the kitchen at the time, and, and I was eating very high-carb, very not-good-for-you food. Cancer fuel. Yeah, man. And, uh, and just gobbling. And I was probably 230 pounds. And then I took a new position outside of there and exercising more and, I guess, not eating as much garbage and started losing weight. Looking back now, it was a lot of weight. And I didn't realize it was until I got hurt at work um, uh, during a use of force and uh, I cut on my leg. And the guy came in to take pictures for, you know, the, the to hold the person accountable. And I pulled my pant leg. He goes, okay, you know, we, we shut the curtain in medical and you drop trial. And I'm like, I pulled my pant leg all the way, like from the bottom, all the way up to my crotch. So a little baggy. Like, no, like it went over my leg. Like my, my thigh was about as big as my forearm. Oh, geez. And I remember his face and he went, holy shit. And I said, what, what? He goes, you realize what you just did? Like your pant leg, like your pants aren't super tight, but like you pulled it from the bottom of your boot all the way up to your crotch. Like it it just went up there. Like you're, you have no muscle or fat on your legs. And I'm like, what? And I looked at it and I had my arms sitting there and they were the same size. And I'm like. That's not good. Whoa. And then I had no sore throat, but big old knots right down here and on my, you know, lymph nodes and, and, uh, with the doctor and I always talked to the doctor out of getting blood work done. Don't like needles? Fucking hated them. Oh man. Oh, so I went to the doctor again, tried to talk her out of doing blood work. So I'm like, ah, no needles. Yeah. She said, no, we're doing it. And she goes, we're going to test for everything. HIV, AIDS. And so I'm like, uh, a little concerning. Fuck, did I get HIV? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I've never needle poke. I don't know. I've never done any of that. And, uh, so she said, well, you should hear something back and you know, I'll get the blood work. She says, this is Monday. And I'd been homesick for like two days. Cause I just felt like garbage. And, uh, she called me. She, she said, I'll shoot hear something back from me on Wednesday or Thursday. So, okay. Two hours later, she called that's a pretty quick turnaround. She goes, can you come back in? And I said, yeah, but you got to give me something. Like, cause yeah. you're freaking me the fuck out. And she said, well, your numbers are high and we just want to talk to you. So, okay. So I called on, you know, sick again to work and went in and she goes, well, she goes, a normal white blood cell count is between four and 11,000 and you're at 145,000. Oh my God. She goes, you're in a crisis and we're about 99% sure you have leukemia. And you're being, oof, you're being admitted to St. Peter's tomorrow and expect a bunch of tests. And I'm like, I'd never been admitted to a hospital. Oh my God. Never. Other than getting a blood drawn or getting shots as a kid. Which you avoid. Yeah. Never oh my God. really like other than getting a checkup or a physical or in high school, you know, I'd, I hadn't been sick. And, uh, I'm like, so went up there and yeah, I got uh, diagnosed November of 14 with her November it was it November of, yeah, it was 14, of uh, chronic melogenous leukemia, blast phase. Melogenous. Let's break that down. Uh, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that word. It's been so long. So it's, there's so many, there's a couple different forms of leukemia. So there's. Uh, and leukemia is bone cancer, right? It's. 
or bone marrow? Blood and bone marrow. Okay. So there's that acute. Seems like a squirrely thing to treat. There's acute uh, lymphoblast. I don't remember. Doesn't all sound of them. that so cute to a- me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so there's ALL, CML, and there's a couple different ones. So I had CML, but I was blast phase, which so they don't leukemia is not really in like stages like one. Yeah, because it's not centralized. Fourth. No, it's more of a blast phase. You know, this phase it's phases. So okay. blast phase is like stage four, like. <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck you so you're and, so it's systemic oh i was I, I had so many leukemia cells in my in my bone marrow the first bone marrow biopsy that they did where they everybody has any questions about what i'm talking about if you go to facebook and you look up uh my journey through leukemia dash bolden all everything's on there i did a i did a blog kind of uh when i was going through this mm-hmm. so it's all it's like a hollowed out it looks like a meat thermometer that's hollowed out that they drill into your hip. For a core sample? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, my God. And when they draw it out, the worst nerve endings in your body are in your bone marrow. Like, yeah. Fucking hurts. I've heard that that's some of the most pain. <sighs> like a, a transplant supposedly is very, very no. painful too, right? Nope. No? Nope. Well, the prep. Uh-huh. I'll get into that. Uh, so, trying to keep it somewhat brief. Uh, you don't the, have to. <laughs> we got the time. The So, I went through... They did the bone marrow biopsy. They did the spinal tap. They did the – I had every test under the sun done there. And I was Philadelphia positive, which is a chromosome mutation that – the way it was explained to me, and there's – you can read forever, but uh, pretty much makes the leukemia superhuman. Oh, my God. So I have a friend that has the same exact thing I was, but he wasn't uh, Philadelphia positive. So I had to have a transplant, and he did not. And he's still in remission. With the transplant, I had about a 60% chance of staying in remission or recovering. And without, I had about a 6% chance. Oh, wow. So it was a no-brainer. But it's a lot longer process. So in and out of uh, um, hospital, I did uh, like a weekend at a time, inpatient chemo at St. Peter's Hospital. Shout out. St. Peter's Hospital, nursing on the third floor, the oncology department, and Providence Oncology, amazing. They, I do three, or do a weekend patient, I do three weeks out, and then right about the time I was starting to feel good from the chemo and shit, I'd go back in. <laughs> For another big dose? Yeah, because you get the chemo, and there was two different, there was an A series and B series, so I'd rotate, and then I'd get chemo in my back every time. I didn't have it in my spine, which then I didn't have it in my brain, mm-hmm. so I didn't have to have like a port thing put in my head and it's a lot worse when it's in your spine yeah i imagine so they preventatively when they go in and do a spinal tap they put chemo in there just in case so went through all that and then went up for prep in may of 15 to seattle cancer care alliance and prepped for my stem cell transplant got uh, on the registry and hannah hannah told me that i had to do a plug on here for be the match the donor registry, it's literally a cheek swab to get on the registry. Okay. Times. Very much. I mean, it's huge. Um, Hannah actually is a, got on there because she couldn't, you know, she couldn't help me, but she wanted to help somebody. And she actually matched with somebody like the quickest they've ever seen. Really? But they found a closer person or just a small, better match. And so she didn't end up doing it. But So what happens if you match with somebody on there? So if you match with somebody, you're going to, they're going to give you some uh, medication to make your stem cells like super produce. 
Oh, I'd like to get some of that anyway. Right? <laughs> so the, it, it just bulks them up. Uh-huh. And then it's blood draws. And, and like, so my donor, Kate, uh, she, I mean, her and some friends did it. She told me, I, I know her now. I mean, I've never met her in person. Uh, we Skyped and, you know, that type of stuff. But she did it with a group of friends when she worked at like a medical place, like mm-hmm. an office. And they just did it together. And then it was, I think it was eight years after she got put on the registry that she got notified about me. Do it, people. I mean. You never know. And she she took it extremely serious when I first found out I had cancer and stuff and I was up in Seattle and, and getting all this stuff going on. She actually went to Seattle for a vacation. Oh, coincidentally? We were in Seattle at the same time. Wow. And she's from, she lives in Florida now, but she's from South Carolina. Oh, wow. Like, she's from the East Coast. She just, she just went on vacation, she said. She just felt like she wanted to go to Seattle. So we went through all that. Did you meet when you guys were both in Seattle? No. No, oh, I didn't know who she was. There at the and, same time. and there's rules with the be the match. So because some donors don't like the recognition. So I mean, like not recognition, but they just want to be anonymous. Uh-huh. Like I'll help a person. Uh, like I already gave you my bone marrow. I don't want to also have to be your friend. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or I don't want that like pressure, you yeah. know. And so you're actually from the time that they donate, you cannot have personal contact for a year. And then okay. it's all through be the match because uh-huh. I could release as much information as I wanted to her and she could to me after that year. Before the year, I could write her a letter that was generic, like couldn't have names, couldn't have doctor's names or hospitals or, you know, no. Gen- she so did- lots of privacy protection. The only thing she knew was my age. I was a male. I was a dad and I was from Washington. That's all she was told. Um, now, since then, we've, you know, I have her pictures and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I bet that's a bond that was pretty hard to replicate. Yeah. Uh, so with our wedding, we asked for what does people want for songs uh-huh. and or come dance with us. What do you want to hear? And she said, uh, if you want blood, I got it by ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> and then she told me I've got Gamecock blood in my veins. So we go back and forth with all that. But uh, She sounds funny. Oh, she's she's awesome. But so the the transplanting of, of itself, she, it was like an eight-hour blood like she was donating blood essentially uh-huh. uh, eight hours in the chair and she donated it and they literally private jet fly it back. And I got them at midnight that night. Wow. And it's like a blood for me, but I was in for the transplant. I was in UW for almost a month. Oh my God. That's and a long time. they, they essentially kill you. So I had high dose chemo there and I also had total body irradiation. Wow. How'd you feel that day? Uh, honestly, I was drinking, you know, the big, Smart waters? Yeah. I was drinking like six of those a day. Wow. Because it would just drain you. I bet. You know? And then I got mucositis really bad. Oof. Which just... All the mucous membranes. Yeah, it just turned me into a big canker sore in my mouth. So I literally was fed on a bag for two weeks. And is that just because your immune system's gone? That and the radiation. The radiation causes mainly that. So I literally laid there with a ice pack on my face and they put me on a pain drip pump button thing that I didn't want. I fought him forever. And finally a little nurse brought it in. She's like, I'm going to put this right here. Were you nervous that you're going to end up getting addicted? No, I was more of, I really didn't like the way the pain meds made me feel. Oh, really? Yeah. I just, I just. That's the best part about them. I know, right? Now it's like, because <laughs> <laughs> when she brought it in, I was like, I told you I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I, I know. But just in case. And I hadn't slept in days. Yeah. Just in pain. And she goes, no, I know. You don't want it. I'm just going to put it here. She goes, it's right here. The button's right there. You don't have to use it. Just let it just it's hooked up. 
And I hit the button and I'm like, <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> yeah. Can I tape this down? Like, yeah. you know, I, I slept for like three days. You know? It really is good medicine. It is. If you use it carefully. It is, yeah. you know. And so went through all that and I had to live in Seattle for like six months. Worst six months ever. <laughs> Fucking, I For love a, Seattle. a country boy, it's not the place to be. No. I, I mean, Seattle, I love going there to visit. But, Me too. But I would not want to live there. <laughs> Especially now. No. Oof. But it's so, yeah, I went through all that. And I had the transplant in June of 15. So my birthday is actually the 11th. My transplant birthday is on the 9th. And five years out now. So they consider after five years, they consider you cured. Mm-hmm. So... So the transplant itself, this is probably a dumb question, but I've never really known exactly what to picture with a bone marrow transplant. Original bone marrow transplant, they sucked a bunch of bone marrow out, extremely painful. They drilled a bunch of holes. I mean, it was, it was, it was like, it sounds brutal, but now they, when they did the radiation and everything, they killed my bone marrow. Okay. So that's what they're doing with that. Is there, I was stood in this, I've got a picture somewhere. It's on that site. It looked like something out of saw. Uh-huh. You know, they put me in this They're contraption. In yeah, they like... helped me sit there and they had big lead bricks in the front that protected my lungs. And I stood in front of this machine and they put you in this thing. And literally the door for this place is like six feet. Thick? Yeah. Because of the radiation? And it's on railroad tracks when it shuts. And so it shuts and it's like... And you're and like, you're, I'm still in here. Yeah, by myself. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then... <laughs> so it's like the, the guy in the Captain America thing getting ready to be right? radiated. Well, and, and then the last dose of radiation that they do is in men, leukemia can hide in the brain and in the balls. Mm-hmm. So literally the last... The two most important places. Winning. So the last, last shot of chemo or radiation was I had my feet up like a woman giving birth. And and my nuts were on this like plastic fucking like beam block, yeah. And they <laughs> pointed it towards my balls, and you know everything's respectful, but it was yeah. just like you know you're spread eagle up there with your nuts on a block. And then the one lady comes in, she goes, "Can we take a picture for science?" Take two. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, can I have a copy?" You know, she took it from my head, so all you could see was my feet up near. Yeah. But it was like, oh, "I want to see that magazine." How was your sense of humor during all this? Uh, you're body follows your mind. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a positive attitude and if you say you're going to die, you're going to fucking die. For sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I know lots of people that have been given a year to live and have lasted 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, there, uh, there was a lady that was going through it at the same time I was that I met up in Seattle, had the same exact thing I did and she didn't make it through transplant. Gosh. Uh, she got an infection and died. Um, but, uh, it matters a lot. Very much so. I mean, like, I guess I was in the perfect place to get cancer just because, I mean, well, one where we live. <laughs> That's an interesting phrase. It is. But I was also, I was in the perfect situation, I guess is the best, because I was healthy as shit. Yeah. Other than leukemia. Uh-huh. You know, no high blood pressure, no, none of that stuff, you know. Um, at the time, I was a smoker. But uh, You still a smoker? No. That's good. I, Wouldn't that be a bitch? I battle. You end up getting lung cancer yeah, after beating leukemia? Right? Ugh. I, I battle, you know. but That's a tough one. I had... I had an amazing support system. My mom, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure I'll get her to listen to this, but uh, sh- I can't say enough about my mom. I mean, she's planning my whole wedding right now. Like, yeah. She pretty much told me and Megan, you know, what do you want to do? And Megan's like, I just don't want to plan it. And my mom's like, I'll do it. So, like, we're not allowed to be at the hall. <laughs> like, like, But my mom is an amazing woman and a strong woman and puts up with a lot of shit for me and my brother and everybody else. But, uh, um, there you go. 
Yeah, well, there's the IPA. I'll try some of that. <laughs> that actually has a good sound to it on there. Make sure I don't go piss again. <laughs> we could take a piss break if we need to. That's uh, yeah, we totally could fine. Yeah, let's do that. Actually. Yeah. All right. I'm not sure where we left off exactly. I was talking about the support system. Oh, yeah. That probably made things a little more bearable. It did. Like we talked about a little bit of the, about the humor. I have got a group of guys, like I said, that I ride motorcycles with and and went to a get-together with them. And there was probably 30 people there. And every guy in the room shaved their head. And uh, two women did. Wow. Like full-on buzz. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, uh, shout out Rogue, he shaved his head and he had a big, long ponytail. He'd been growing it forever. He shaved his head, and then when I went through my transplant and I got all done, he looks. He comes up to me and goes, you know what? Because I'm kind of pissed off. I said, what? <laughs> he goes, I shaved my fucking hair and he didn't die. <laughs> he goes, I did it for nothing. <laughs> it was going to be a great story. Yeah. He goes, at least then it would have meant something. I mean, shit. <laughs> Does that make it a little bit easier when people are funny about it? You can't. So... <laughs> Megan hates it. They, the humor in it. It's not easy to find. It's not. Um, but. But when like, you hit it. Come to find out the nurses at St. Peter's used to fight over me. Oh, yeah. Like, not that I was like some special patient or whatever, but it, I was, I was self-sufficient most of the time. Mm-hmm. I wiped my own ass. You weren't whining. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't whiny. Like, unless I was nauseated, they didn't really hear from me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd get up and walk, do all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, too, I had a positive attitude, you know? And I was like, that's kind of the way I've always been is, you know, was there times that I got down in the dumps and, and you know, I don't want to die, you know? I can vividly remember three times that it was just sheer hell. But for the most part, it wasn't, you know? I think having it made me a better person. I know that's kind of a cliche, but... Clichés um, are cliché for a reason. It, I would agree. They're usually true. Know? And and it is. It, it did. It made me a better dad. It made me, you know, realize what I wanted out of life and, and what I want to experience and that I was unhappy with the way that things were going at the time. And, and uh, So were you still in your first marriage during this time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Were you getting support at home? <clears throat> Emotionally? <sighs> neither of us were. Let's put That's it that a way. Very tactful way to put it. Yeah. It, it, neither of us were. Um, and I don't I can't speak for her. Well, that's um, got to be hard, too, to have your partner. It, it is. It is. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. You know, I, I'd be. Yeah, you probably can. You I, were the one who was well, sick. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'd be a fucking basket case if Megan got sick. You know what I mean? Oh, so, God. I can't even think about that. Uh, so it, uh, yeah. Um, I wasn't there. She took care of the house and the kids or whatever. But I just, I just wasn't. I realized when I went through that whole thing that, you know, I think when we split up, she said, I'm just content. And I said, what? I said, we're both unhappy. And she said, well, I'm content being unhappy. And I said, I'm not. That's rough. I'm not. What do you do with that? We'd already broken up once. Uh Uh-huh. She left me the first time and Mm -hmm. I was a wreck. And then the next time it was like I had like this epiphany, like, we're not happy. Yeah. Like, we're just not. Happiness Um, isn't the the end all be all. Like, there's a lot of things that. To accomplish them, you have to go through a long time of, of being 
unhappy mm -hmm. on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, where yep. it's like things that are hard are usually not going to make you happy, but they might pay off in the long run. But if yeah. you're not happy at all, and you don't even you're not even working towards anything, this is just the state of affairs, and you just decide to let it be life. That's no good. I mean, in general, things things that are hard make me happy. Me too, actually. <laughs> you're right. I'm trying to. Th I, was, Sorry, I couldn't help it. Well, no, I was thinking about like what I was using as examples. I was picturing like working out or mm -hmm. doing a really digging a hole or doing a hard job, and those things do make me happy. If I'm thinking about it, I was gonna say when you said something hard. Yeah. No, that, but it's different between like because um, it, it, it's I get happy from that stuff because I know it's going somewhere. Mm -hmm. But if I'm working my ass off and I know it's not going to amount to anything, it might even make things worse. Mm -hmm. Like in a relationship is pretty much the only time that happens. But well, and like I said, I said earlier is me and Megan we fight every couple fights. Mm -hmm. If you don't fight, you're full of shit. And, and yeah, if, or and if you're you don't bottling fight, it up. Yeah, and it's not healthy at all. Yeah. And I wouldn't even call it fighting. It's yeah, you don't have it's to arguing, fight in a bad way. You know, disagreeing. Yeah. Having a disagreement. Me and Megan, we may get on each other's nerves and we may have to take a step back. I have a hard time sometimes taking that step back because I'm like, I need uh -huh. to fix it. Yeah, it's that's the man thing. fixed. Yeah, exactly. But once we take that step back, we always come back and can talk about it and, yeah. and, and work through it. There's nothing yet that we have found that we can't work through. And we've been through some interesting things, you know, and just different things that we got to go through. I, for the first time, like, totally feel like I am in a partnership. Oh, that's nice. You know? Yeah. Like, and like I said, I don't wish anything ill on my ex. Like, she, I hope she finds happiness. I hope she found what I found. Yeah. You know? Not bad people, just not good together. I feel exactly the same way yeah. about yeah. my former life. Mm -hmm. Like, I ran into my former in-laws this morning at Costco. Oh, yeah. It was good to see them. Yeah. I haven't seen them for years. And they're good people. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. But yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. No. It wasn't it wasn't the right setup. And like and I didn't even know until I found what it was supposed to be like. And I was mm -hmm. like, Oh God, I how could I have ever thought anything else was okay? Yeah. Like now that I know what it's like to be in a supportive relationship, it's like I don't want anything else. And I know. Like when I'm I split up my ex, I mean there was I went through different people and, you know, meeting people and going on dates and all that, you know, that did you do online dating? I did. How was it? I missed that whole thing. It was still it's... dorky to do online dating when I hooked up with my first wife. And it... then by the time I was with my second one, it was It's uh, definitely just productive quick. for hooking up. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's you Tinder. My, on, yeah, you want my honest opinion. I mean, even any of the other POF, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 even, I really tried even to in go... the rural areas. It was yeah, you could yeah. do it there. Oh yeah. It just seems like you'd be running into people you knew constantly. Sometimes you were. Yeah. But it farmers on... only. <laughs> <laughs> Farmersonly.com. It's a good jingle. Yeah. That it, I don't even know if that's really a website anymore, but everybody knows about it. <laughs> or or Christian singles. Oh yeah, Christian singles got to do some Christian mingles. The or uh, what's J date for the mm. Jewish population? J date. Mm. I think that was that's a real site or it oh, was. That might have been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. I never did the the online thing, but now it's like the norm. That's what everyone does. That's how you find somebody. See, and I did. I had the profiles and all that kind of stuff, and and that was really my way of getting out there because I was I'm not really like a when I'm with a group of people, I'm a social butterfly. Like I can bullshit with anybody and have a good time, mm -hmm. but I don't just go out to the bars and stuff. Yeah, you know, it's just not my not my early my scene. So 
when I met Megan, it was just like, it's the first time I've actually met somebody that wasn't really online or, you know, through somebody else or it just met you. The old fashioned way. Exactly. Through commerce. Yeah. And it just happened. And that's, was the biggest thing that, again, that I told Hannah was just don't look. If you stop looking, you will find it. And she did and kaboom. Yeah. You You can't put a bunch of conditions on it. No, no. The funny thing is he's talking about conditions. The funny thing is though, is that Megan, when she, don't kill me, Meg. So when she was single, she actually wrote out like, he has to do this, this, you know, just not like he has to have six pack abs and, you know, none of that bullshit, but it was like, he has to own his own house. He has to have his shit together. He has to, you know, she doesn't want to support anybody. She doesn't want to feel like she has to do anything like that. Has goals, has, you know, has a child, you know. Just, she had standards. Exactly. They're very, very specific, you know, and not, not super, but she wanted a certain thing. She wasn't going to settle. And uh, we were just talking about it the other day, and she's like, you checked every fucking box. She goes, because when we got together, she was probably not ready to, to date. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it just happened. And all of her friends and everybody, you know, or a lot of them said, what the f- what are you doing? Yeah. Why do you have to go so fast? Like, huh. And, you know, <laughs> it's funny. A friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, told us, it's only fast if you guys think it's fast. Yeah. He says, my grandparents, which was, this was years and years ago, uh, umpteen years ago, from the time they met to the time they were married, they fell in love and it was 14 days. <laughs> And they were together for like 50 or 60 years. Yeah, you never know. Like, you don't. Arranged marriages have a higher success rate than non-arranged marriages. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with expectations. Mm-hmm. It those, is. Those people are going to expect to have to put in a lot of work, not mm-hmm. only to keep the fire, but to get it lit in the first yeah. place. Yeah, you got you to gotta work at it. And that's that's the one thing I know that I didn't do before is really work at it. But there was things in that relationship that made me not want to. Yeah. Now, like, I do everything I can to not be the same person I was as far as doing things and, you know, those, those, uh, what the love languages. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, what do you, what's your love language? I am definitely, this is such a masculine podcast. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> uh I know I'm, uh, not so much words of affirmation. But... Do you show love in the same way that you like to receive no. it? No. I don't either. Nope. I am definitely a physical person. Uh-huh. Like any, most guys. And I'm also a giving person. I haven't, for a long time, I was not really good with words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. That's Megan, one of Megan's things. And I'm, I'm getting better. Like, I try to. Or I try and do the random, it's not a holiday. I'm going to go, some, when I stop by Safeway, I'm just going to go get her flowers. Yeah. You know? Or I'm going to go get her a cup of coffee. Or, you know? Trying to do those, what, what I think that one's gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gifts is one of the languages. Because she likes that too, you know. And she knows mine. Like she's, we speak each other's language. Just put it that way, you know. Yeah, I think when I first got together with Melissa, I didn't really know what kind of love languages I spoke, mm-hmm. and I thought I did because, like, I have a psychology degree. And so I was overconfident in understanding people and understanding my, myself. Yeah. Like. Some stuff just comes with time. You just don't know until you've been through it. And so I, at 23, I had that degree and thought that I knew I, – I just thought I could fix anybody who needed fixing and I could go out there. And 
with with the power of my mind and mm. with my good intentions, I was just going to make it work no matter what. And that's just so fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that I don't want change, Megan. Yeah. I love her the way she is. Do we, is there times that she makes me want to pull my fucking hair out? Yeah. But there's also equal times that she wants, she wants to just punch me in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I think she says throat punch. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, you can't talk anymore after throat punch. Right. So, you know, shut your mouth, Mitch. Uh, (laughs) But that's, you know, I don't want her to change in any way. You know, those, those, even the, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it, it's, that's what I fell in love with. Well, think about it from another way. Like, you don't want to think that you're with somebody who thinks they have to fix you. Like, you don't want to be a project. You're a yep. human being. Like, yep. just like everyone else. That's something that it took me a little bit of learning to get get to that point where it's just like, okay, maybe if, if you think you have to fix a person, you need to pick a different person. Because yep. someone else doesn't think they're broken. Yep. Yep. And that was <clears throat> when when we met. Like I said, she she probably was not in the right place to have a relationship and she'll readily say that, but it was the right time. And that's, you know, I can say it here because she won't hear it till then, but that's part of my vows is, you know, that, that phone call about a haircut was probably the best phone call that I could have made for the both of us. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't even a phone call, it was a message. Probably something you didn't even think much about. I wanted a fucking haircut. Yeah. Right? Little did you know it was the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah, I said, that's why I always joke with her. I said, I wanted a fucking haircut. Now I got to buy a wedding ring. And like, I didn't have to do that with Jose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. $5 tip and he was fine. Right? <laughs> so you wrote your own vows? Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. I wish I'd have brought them. I'd have read them on here. Well, well give me the gist them. of it. What, where, what were you looking for when you sat down to write them? So when I sat down to write them, I wanted to tell, I, I like humor. So I... That's my go-to. So I I tried to put a little bit of that in there, and that's part of the whole giving the haircut type thing. And then I wanted her to understand how much she means to me as far as – I didn't want to use the the -the run-of-the-mill BS. I wanted her to understand that I don't just love her because she's beautiful. She's amazingly beautiful. But I wanted her to know that I appreciate how she treats me and our family and, you know, the things that she does that she doesn't have to do. Mm -hmm. And then just the way, you know, I think in part of that, I say the way that she loves me because I've never felt more loved. And then I also go into my promises. You know, I, I can't, like I said on there, I said, I can't promise to not drive her nuts or do the wrong things. You or, can almost promise those things will happen. Exactly. Yeah. I said, but I can promise that I will never be gone. You know, I will, she'll never be abandoned. She'll never, you know, that's just not, I'll put into work. I'm into this for a long haul. I said, we're going to be the couple at the assisted living center that are like, you guys need to keep it down. <laughs> yeah. Like this is getting inappropriate. <laughs> Scoot the beds back apart. Yeah. They, they push their beds together again. <laughs> Can you guys at least unblock the door? Yeah. <laughs> That's romantic, man. I like that. The janitor closet is not for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, old people having sex. Ugh, winning. You know it's happening, but nobody wants to think about it. They're just like all the rest of us. I know. That was That's the gist of it is I want her to understand how important she is to me because – like I said, there's no perfect person, but she's my perfect person. Mm-hmm. When me and Melissa got married, we did letters. Like, we both wrote handwritten letters to each other. Mm-hmm. I know we did the letter thing because I still have the letter. <laughs> and I worked really hard on mine. And 
And an- another thing with that was, I think the reason, yeah, no, we did the standard vows that we got from our pastor, I think, and the, yeah, we did the letters for our own personal thing. And I think part of that is because, like you said, the humor part, mm-hmm. if I'm writing something that I know a big group of people is going to hear me read, I, it's almost impossible for me not to prioritize humor over everything else. Exactly. Including making my future wife feel good. Right? <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> if I have to throw it under the, under the bus for a tagline, it's it's going to happen. <laughs> it's like, so I was like, if I write a letter, I don't have to impress anybody with how hilarious I am. I can just be honest and be yeah. real and yeah. explain. Because it really is such a huge deal. And it's like all the, the – it, it's hard to express mm-hmm. uh, good feelings Without feeling cheesy or, or like, well, I don't know. But I like them. I'm a romantic. And I am too. I haven't always been that way. Um, Me neither. I have grown to be that. And like, I, she already knows, like, I'm a baby. Like, as soon as I see her, <laughs> I, I'm going to blubber like a fucking baby. Like, I already know it. That's such a weird sensation. Her, it's like, I already can feel it right now. Like yeah. it's a week away and I'm like, I can feel it building. Like as soon as I, cause I, I'm, I'm a very strict, I didn't, I have never seen her dress. Uh-huh. I, we are staying, she's staying in a hotel right next to the place the night before at the Sequest. And then I'm staying at home with mm-hmm. my people. I won't see her until she walks down the aisle. That's and, a powerful moment. Oh my God. You know, like I told our, our photographer, I said, you got to catch that. I said, because. I am probably from both angles. Yeah, you and her. Cause I'm going to be a backup photographer. Yeah. I'm going to be, I already know I'm going to be a mess, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's God, it's beautiful, man. It is. I can't wait. I really cannot wait. Um, yeah. That's the way you should feel going into a, a marriage. And we're going, so we get married and then we fly out at 10 o'clock PM on Sunday. Where are you guys going? The Florida Keys for a week. Ooh. That'll be nice. Yeah. I heard they don't even have COVID in Florida. No. And it doesn't exist. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that behind the scenes thing, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But we are staying at a really nice resort down there. Got cool. a beachfront uh, terrace thing. And going to swim with dolphins. That is going to be ordered badass. that last night. And yeah. And possibly going to, on the first day, meet my donor for the first time. Wow. Yeah. What a week. Right? That's I know. It's going to be big. I know. I don't know if we'll be able to work it out. She's about three hours from where we're flying in, but mm-hmm. she lives, she's got a lifetime membership to like Disney World. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she lives like right next to it. <laughs> Have you ever been to Disney World? Nope. Been to Disneyland. That's where I conceived my daughter. When I was a kid. Really? Yeah. On I don't remember <laughs> what ride it was in particular, but... <laughs> I really hope that it was a small world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the Chinese up. section. A little smaller that day. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was definitely in the hotel. <laughs> You're like, you know, it was Thunder Mountain Railroad. <laughs> yeah. That bumpy ride. <laughs> Got it already. Anyway. But yeah, no, I always have a soft spot in my heart for Disneyland because when we went there, it was like a hugely stressful event mm-hmm. because we had, you know, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. And I was, it's like my busy season for work. We were freshly married. So mm-hmm. I was like not in a position to say no or, or make compromises. I was just like, oh, the family wants to go on a vacation in my busiest month. Hell yeah. Yeah. We're doing it. <laughs> so we planned the, the trip for the, the last week of June. Because, and I, we planned it like months in advance and not really thinking the way that state contracts work. They're on bienniums. Mm. So two yes. years, two I'm year a... funding cycles. Yes. And they happened to end the last week in June. So it was stressful. So I'm like scrambling to get it. And I had these jobs to finish. And 
it, I ended up finishing them, but it was really stressful. And the whole time was just like, you have to walk everywhere. Mm-hmm. So the kids are like riding me and I'm just like carrying them all around. So, and it was like the whole trip felt like a lot of work and it wasn't like a particularly romantic time. Mm-hmm. And I remember after the trip, we were like back at home the next week and Melissa was like, made some comment about uh, that. We didn't get any uh, loan time during the, the Disneyland trip. <laughs> It, Obviously, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though we sprung for the the extra the hotel with that with the extra room, uh-huh. like planning to have a long time, and we were there for like five days. And at the end of most days, I was just like, I just walked twelve miles with child on my back. <laughs> I got no thrusts in me, and <laughs> it was a uh, you know this no man wants to say that, but sometimes it happens. If you want, honey, you're gonna have to get on because you know. I did most of the rides today. You got to do the ride. Exactly. <laughs> and well, needless to say, it worked out. We now have a child. And, uh, but yeah, it was not quite a romantic getaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was your honeymoon? Not exactly, but we, so we went to Cancun in December. That's okay. where I proposed. Uh, and then we got married in Las Vegas in, I don't know, March or April. Just kidding, Melissa. <laughs> April 22nd. <laughs> and then, so yeah. And then in June, we went took the kids into Disneyland. It yeah. was almost like a honeymoon for our whole family because Sawyer and Elsa were, were along for the whole thing. They yeah. got to meet me just like Melissa and kind of like evaluate me. He was like, you want this schlum as your new dad? <laughs> and uh, yeah. so that's, it, that's how it was with Leela. It feels really you know. it, it, nice to include them in all of it. Mm-hmm. And like, Oh, she's our flower girl. Yeah. So she's part of it. You know, and it, and it, I, like I said, it was like seven months from the time we met to when we got engaged and I, she thought, so I, I proposed on 4th of July. She thought it was going to happen. We were coming to Long Beach uh-huh. to see family and I was going to buy my grandpa's truck. And so she thought she kind of had an idea and she thought I was going to do it at the lighthouse. Uh-huh. Cause I purposely made a phone call where she could hear it. So she's thinking, okay, we're going to go do this and then we're going to go there and, then I got, so our horses are actually at a friend of ours house. She is a widow and she's an older lady. And so we, like during COVID, we took her groceries to her and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But our horses are there. And so we drive a half hour each night and go feed them and everything. And But her place is beautiful. It's like 70 acres out in the middle of nowhere, horse pasture. And she's got this koi pond that is, the koi in there are those are amazing creatures. Two or three feet. I mean, like, whoa, huge. Some of them, huge. And it's got like, a waterfall. Are they old? Like those fish oh, grow yeah. to be really old, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. They've had. I mean, they've probably been there. I, I don't even know, but they've you know thirty four years. But wow. Um. So, I. She always said, you know, you're never gonna, you know, we were joking. She goes, you never get my parents to come down. You never, you know, you'd never get that. <laughs> well, so I got Ellen, which is the lady's name to message us and say, I need you to feed the fish because I'm going to be out of town, you know, and all this other stuff. So I need you to come in the morning. And I'm like, I said, God damn it. I said, we got to be down Long Beach. So we get, go up Black Creek, go up there to feed the fish. And I just dropped to a knee right in front of the, it's actually, there it is on my phone. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a beautiful spot. Oh, my God, it is. So that's out in the valley somewhere? That is out Black Creek out in Montesano. Okay. Just, that's her house. And the koi pond's right down from that. But inside was Ellen, 
her parents, her sister, you and did get her my parents. parents. Nice. All in the, you know, it was the first time they'd all met Ellen. It's the first time our parents met without us there. Uh-huh. Like, That's like, actually a better way to do it, I uh, think. Yeah, I just had them. No pressure. Everybody meet there. Yeah. And uh, everything was great, and they had champagne and food and everything waiting for us. But it was funny because I proposed, and it w- I meant to do it down further, but it was like, <laughs> it just kind of was like, okay. That's I a got, nerve-wracking I thing. Got, I got to do it, yeah. you know? And so I just did it. And she, she jerked her hand away <laughs> at first. And then she's like, oh. And she put her hand back out there. And, of course, she said yes. And little and then, da- little trauma. Yeah. And then in the background, <laughs> I hear her sister go, did she say yes? <laughs> and she looks. And, of course, she was surprised I got her parents and everybody to come. And then we said, well, when are we going to get married? And I said, well, it's got to be on a day that I'll remember because I am. Chemo brain is a real thing. Yeah. Like, I imagine so. Like, I... I you've seen during this podcast that sometimes I just pause and I'll just lose where I'm going. I've done pretty good today about bringing it back, but uh, yeah, I actually really haven't noticed that you've been pretty cohesive <laughs> trying to, uh, practiced. No coherent, uh, not cohesive. Yeah. Coherent. Both. You're both. Yeah. In the moment. Uh, so I told, uh, I don't even remember where I was going. See, Oh, see what happens boom, right when I boom. say that. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the proposal yeah that's right so i it was like i said seven months and then we said well when are we gonna when are we gonna get married see see how i did that brought it right back around bam so i'm my birthday's on the 11th the 12th perfect like i'm like if i fuck that somebody up somebody will remind you the day if, if i fuck that up like there, we got bigger issues mm-hmm. like so um i actually did the same thing ours is on earth day Oh, there you like, go. not that I celebrate Earth Day all that often, but I will now. I don't know when Earth Day is. April 22nd. Oh, is it? Yeah, same as my anniversary. Oh, I was thinking maybe March. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, a lot of guys and women probably get in trouble for getting dates. Oh, I'm horrible. I'm pretty bad about it, too. I'm horrible. The only, the only real date that I like, I mean, I know my parents now just because it's been beat into me, but not really mom. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's my brother's birthday. Uh-huh. Because... It was right after New Year's, and we got a steak dinner over at Astoria. Nice. And I was a kid, and I was like, came into this fancy candlelight dinner. <laughs> yeah. Not that you weren't important, Blade. But that steak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the dates that I had in my head when I was 16, probably, and phone numbers, too. Those yeah. ones are still there, and mm-hmm. pretty much no new ones, basically, will stick easily after that. I can still tell you my grandma Bolden's phone number, and I don't know why. Well, dude, we grew up with uh, 20... <laughs> Phone numbers just rattling around in our yep. heads. I yep. still remember my best friend's phone number from like first grade. <laughs> but yeah, it was six six five eight. Shout out Brian Martini. Like uh it's Are it's you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. So you're one digit off of Dude, my I, grandma's. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Small town shit. <laughs> she still got the same phone number else I'd say it. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Actually I still remember Colton's. I still remember Alex Max. I still remember most of them. I, yeah. The uh, I still remember my library card number, D six five four seven nine nine zero one three. When me and Melissa met, actually, one of the things we had like a series of these things that would happen where we were just like look at each other like what the fuck, and one of them was we were talking and I had mentioned that because obviously that's one of the big my big selling points for a potential mate is that I I remember my library card number from first grade, <laughs> and um. And then she rattled off hers. And I was like, holy shit, this is meant to be. And that was after a bunch of other stuff. Like we, she knew of this like obscure 
ultra marathon runner that I had been obsessed with. And like, and I started talking about him. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, Scott Jurek, of course. Like, what? How do you even know who that is? No clue. But yeah, it was, those moments are important because I think about them still when I'm like, just feeling amazed that I actually found somebody like this mm-hmm. that I actually love and, and that loves me too. Yep. It's, it's pretty amazing. Well, that's, I'm the same way with numbers usually. Uh-huh. You know, some of those phone numbers are hard, but I mean, like I remember, I still remember my U number from UW's medical center because they make two people recite it before they give you your meds and you have to recite it. Uh-huh. 8911. You're going to give me trouble for HIPAA now. Like I'm, winning. I'm going to get booted off the internet. I have <clears> to say winning because it'll piss my dad off. Your dad doesn't like it? He just said, he just used that for everything. Not I, a Charlie Sheen thing, I said, huh? so does Charlie Sheen. Yeah. So, you know, Tiger's blood. Exactly. <laughs> Is he doing okay? I think so, you know. Remember a couple years ago, he was like, every day he was in the news? Well, yeah, because he got hepatitis from a porn star. Yeah, but leading up to that, he was like famous, famous, f- just for being a, a wild man. Well, yeah, why wouldn't you want to be? I, I'd rather be true. known to be a wild man than a prude. You know, I, granted, I that's was true. voted class clown, but... <laughs> How, how big was your graduating class out there? You want to laugh? Five, six? No, we had 30. 30. Actually, that's yeah. that's pretty good. That's, that's more a than I was. respectable amount out there. Yeah. We had 51. <laughs> yeah, I think. No, that's huge. Yeah, it's enormous. It, it would have been so weird to go to a school where they have like a thousand people in every class that was or Megan. more. Megan graduated from Federal Way. Okay. So, they, like, they have money up there in Federal Way, oh, too, yeah, right? They're, yeah, that's a it was well just off area. big, just huge school. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I talked to her about my classmates. She's like, like, you guys all got along? Like, a whole different like experience. Like, you knew everybody? I'm like, yeah, the principal would come out with a guitar and sing, like, Johnny Cash's Boy Named Sue. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know? Like, <laughs> just how it was. Yeah. You know? And so I said, that's how you get it in a small town. And she's done the same thing. Like, so she moved down to Aberdeen with her ex. And then we've since we go back up to Federal Way or we go, you know, go up to visit and her sister and her parents and stuff. And we get up there and she's like, I fucking hate it up here. I'm like, yeah, you've had a taste of that small town feeling, you know. There's shitty things about small towns. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows everybody and everybody's in everybody's business. But the best parts and the worst parts are kind of the same parts. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. You know, when I got sick, community came together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't say enough about the people at my work. Um, If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have had insurance during the whole time because they kept me going. Wow, yeah. Donating hours and stuff like that. And I, I can't say enough about especially the Pacific County community. Um, I agree. I mean, some of the best people, if it wasn't for the spaghetti feed that my aunt and my mom and everybody put on in the auction at the Elk Center Long Beach and all the people that came out from when I was a baby, like people that babysitted my mom, Uh like just that people you would have thought forgot about you years ago. I kept a seven fifty credit score all the way through everything. Wow. Like, and that's abnormal for somebody who goes into that situation, you know, yeah. and, and it's not, it's not me bragging. That's me saying that I had so much support. It's a little of both. It, it's well, a little of both. You know, that's you know. a really good credit score. It is. <laughs> I, I can, I'll loan you money right now. <laughs> right. Well, they do, uh, or they want to, but, uh, it, th- that's how it was, you know, and it just, I never felt so much love. I mean, like, yeah. Like I can't say enough about my aunt and, and my mom's best friends and Melody. And I mean, just. There's uh, there's too many names to list. Yeah. Um, I mean, Seattle alone, two-bedroom apartment in Seattle furnished because I had to live up there, $2,900 a month. Jeez. Yeah. God, it's a lot more now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that was right on South Lake Union. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. I Yeah, I don't think I would even be able to, like, 
even if I had the money to live, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and talking about um, real estate in New York City. Ugh. Even now, when nobody wants to live in New York, mm-hmm. it's because of the, I don't know. You're going to get COVID and die. Yeah. But <laughs> the uh, it's still like $8,000 for, for a 500 square foot apartment a month. No. So it's like, uh, yeah, no, thank you. No. Even if I had the money, I would not ever have any interest in that. No, I I love where I live. I don't necessarily like, and I know, don't get into politics. Uh, we can, but eh. I'm not. I'm not huge into politics. Me I am, neither. I'm an independent. Me too. Like I will vote either way. Yeah, me too. But I I lean more conservative. I love my guns. Oh, me too. Want to like, talk about guns a little bit? Sure. What kind of guns do you got? What kind of guns do I not got? What What kind <laughs> of shooting do you do? Uh, a lot of it is for. I'm not a big hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started hunting last year. It's uh, really fun. It is. It's a blast. I go out with, I would like to go out more with buddies. I'm planning on that this year. The people Pepper. up there in that area, they know how to fucking oh, hunt. Big time. All the guys who I know from North County, that's who I ask questions to. Yep. They, they somehow even know all about the areas down here. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're big into it. Yeah. So that's, I'm more of a home defense and collector. Mm-hmm. I I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe that. To me, I'm not a constitutionalist, but I that is the one amendment that I believe there's no interpretation. Like, do I think that we need howitzers? <laughs> no. But need is a tricky word. Exactly. But you don't need the constitution, but it's sure a damn good thing we have it. Exactly. And the biggest thing about that whole thing with the Second Amendment is the whole interpret or the whole reason it was put there is so to keep from the tyranny of the government. Exactly. And they're like, well, back then they had muskets. Well, so did the government at the time. So now our government's got M16s. So why shouldn't we have AR-15s? Yeah, a lot better shit than that. Exactly. They don't like, even need a person. They'll no. just fly a drone over there and squirt you in the exactly. eye with some poison. Exactly. Like, so they're going to win anyway. <laughs> yeah. But in that sense. They don't like, want to have to squash an insurrection. Like, how about instead of penalizing the law-abiding gun owners, let's take some ownership that we have a mental health issue in this country. Yes. Amen. Flat out. Yeah. You know, I just, I know a lot of people that struggle with mental health and, you know, I got an anxiety disorder. I stress out about stupid shit. Yeah. You know. um, It's the plague of our generation. God. I don't know if it was this bad in in previous generations because they didn't have data on it. But, and they didn't even really know what it was. They used to call women with anxiety hysterical and men with anxiety didn't exist. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like. You weren't a man. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> things have changed. And now that we're kind of recognizing, knowing what kind of labels to put on stuff, we're just beginning to know how to address this issue. Yeah. Well, back in our parents' era, it was your pussy. Yeah. Or your bitch. You exactly. know, like. Really, like, that was our childhood too. It was. It was. We, don't be a pussy. Yeah. You know, rub some dirt on it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and and to a certain extent, that kind of philosophy, there are there is a time and place for it. Mm-hmm. when When you don't have the luxury of. Working through shit in a timely fashion Yo. when you're in a war, when you're in a disaster, when you're in a place where like that whole just like just focus on what you can handle now. We're yeah. going to solve this problem. The, that typical masculine ideal of, mm-hmm. of just like, no, it's not the time to lick your wounds. It's the time to solve problems. That is there's a time and place for it, but yep. it doesn't need to be everywhere. And well, it's becoming less and less important. And there's a way to me, there's a way to do it. Like being being told that you're you're being a pussy or whatever, you know, that that's kind of stuff. It does stick with you you know oh, yeah. Yeah, i remember that and that type of stuff but i've tried to change that with my 
you know, being a parent and stuff like that is I'm not saying Leela doesn't take a dive every now and then, but when she does, when she was really little, it wasn't, ah, come on, don't be a pussy. Most of the time, if you don't react, we're good to go. Yeah. Let's keep doing it, you mm-hmm. know? And that's kind of the, I, I guess you could say, uh, what, being proactive or being, I kind of know what the set word the is. Tone. It is. Set the tone. Set the tone for their emotions. It, it is. Because they're, they're looking to us for like, like you, you see it, especially with like two year olds, mm-hmm. they fall down. Before they start crying or anything, they're looking at you. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, are we good? How are we gonna play this? Yeah, like if like, you get all frantic and everything, then of course they're gonna yes, cry. Let's freak out. I'm gonna get grabbed and picked up and yeah, held. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's you just gotta know how to play it. It's tough though. It never really, never really gets easy. It, it gets more and more complicated. Like my kids now are are just coming into those years where they're gonna start acting like teenagers. Mm. They've already started, and um, it hurts my feelings. Yeah, <laughs> because right. I, I'm used to them just thinking I'm the shit, uh-huh. which I obviously they still think I'm the shit. <laughs> Let's be real. But they don't always laugh at my jokes anymore. Uh, sometimes when I'm like, it used to be like they were, they just always wanted to talk to me. So it would be like at my discretion of when we're going to talk and when we're not. Uh-huh. And, and most of the time it's me being like, come on guys, give me, just give me five seconds and I, and I'll finish what I'm doing and then we can, you can have my attention. Now it's kind of flipped where it's just like, I want their attention. I'm just like, come on, guys, just let's look get at into me. it. Let, look at me. Let's talk. Right, let's play. I don't know what. To, you just, yeah. I don't want them to be just. Uh, Are you a poker? Uh, yeah, I tend to be. Uh, it's, I think that's an uh, older sibling type thing. Some people need it because it's. So I was in the same grade as my older sister, Tasha. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I know she would remember who I am, but I'm sure she does. I know where I was going. See, there Pokers. it went again. Prodders. Ah, poker's prodders. So that, that older sibling thing, like you were talking about with Jake, I was the same thing with Blade. Mm-hmm. And I do the same. I find myself doing the same thing with Lila. Like, if I find something that's bugging you, poke. Yeah. Like, get it out in the poke. open. Yeah. Like, and I do that with friends and everybody else. Me you too. Know? If it makes you feel uncomfortable, we're going to talk about it more. Yeah. I do it with myself. Oh, yeah. I find it healing. <laughs> like, stuff that really, really gets me uncomfortable. I'll talk about it on the podcast. I'm not the greatest at it. I know, like today, Megan did. There was stuff that we talked about today and it was like, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to admit that I don't like that part about me. You know, yeah. I don't like the fact that I got a pooch right here and, you know, that Hilton was saying that he didn't want abs. I wish I had him. Oh, what a bitch. <laughs> I almost cut that out. I was just yeah. like, how could he even say such a thing? You know, People are going to hate him. I don't even know you, but fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. I, like while I was listening to that editing, I was like flipping through pictures I have of Jeff to make promos. And he's like all jacked in his six pack and all. I was like, you don't even deserve these pictures. I'm not even going to use them. Well, I, when you said that, I was listening on the way down here. And I, when you said, uh, uh, yeah, I took some pictures earlier and I can't wait to look at them. I was like. <laughs> For my dad. <laughs> I think it's homophobia. Yeah. He's one of the few people who I know is listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Um because he talks, he calls me up and we talk about it. Also, you should see Jeff. If, yeah. if I was gay, I'd be after him for sure. But Winning. Yeah. I mean, he's... He's a beast. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. Yeah, but that's, that, you know, you don't like looking at yourself in that light. Yeah. Like, like I'm a... I'm a hairy guy. Like, you know, there's things that I don't like about that. It's so easy to find shit. It is. It, if you to, look. To pick yourself apart. Yeah. I mean, so she'll disagree with me, but Megan is the most beautiful person ever. Like, like she is my definition. But she wouldn't say the same thing. She's no. a very confident woman. Mm-hmm. Very much so. She is. And she helps 
pull that out of me because I haven't always been the most confident person. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that stems from. Like at, at work, I'm super confident. You like, probably have to be. Like, well, I, I know what I'm doing. Authority position. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do it, and I know that I'm capable of doing it. When it comes to relationships and dads, that's being a dad, I'm... There's the, the there's parameters, panic. parameters aren't defined as well. No. When you're in a pro- professional me, situation, you know what to do. Give me a policy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Can I read about this ahead of time? Yeah. And you can with the dad stuff, but there's a lot of bullshit out there. Oh, you can. That's, so much of it's wrong. That's the biggest thing. So another plug. Plugs are good. Cancer. You don't have to plug cancer, man. It sells yeah. itself. No, I'm talking about if you get cancer or you think you have cancer or anything like that, don't fucking get online oh like the webmd people. oh my god because if you get online you're dying yeah like <laughs> when i got when i was the day i was diagnosed the next day i went in i was supposed to go in i went home that night you webmd i got on the end i got oh, on god. every site there was well they have to tell you the worst case scenario yeah. and the percentages and nowhere could give me a percentage it was just that uh good bad ugly good luck make a will Everybody's making their own story bigger than it yeah. probably really was. And even even the reputable, you know, it's just like they got to tell you the worst case scenario because if they don't and that happens, they can sue them. Yeah. You know, so it was like if there's one thing I can say, ask your doctor what sites are okay because yeah. otherwise you're going to get a shit storm. Knowing how to <laughs> pursue good information is not something everybody knows how to do. No. It's there's I mean, I'd say a lot of people don't. Yeah. And and I catch myself doing it. Me too. Like I because it's easier. <laughs> yeah. Like, and and it's also more fun most of the time. I know you I know you say on the podcast a lot that, you know, you're not a financial advisor, but yeah. like I listen to you about Bitcoin and I'm like, fuck, I should probably just buy some. And I'm like, but I don't know fucking thing about it. You're I hope talking... you didn't buy it last week. No, I didn't buy shit. Yeah. My, uh, my supervisor actually just bought a bunch of like some off thing. He's like, if I, if it goes up to a penny, he says, I made like 25 or like $250,000. And I'm like, yeah, that's the thing is it, it's like the crypto market is, uh, it's like the wild west. Yeah. It's all very, very big swings. It's not interesting to me though. Then don't get into it because it, it's changing <laughs> but so But I like fast. money. Yeah. Well then stick with the stock market and, you know, make friends with the professional investor. Nah, crypto is really something that if you're not reading about it or watching mm. stuff about it every single day, you're going to get your ass handed yeah, to you. I'm good. And, and honestly, I've heard you be on the Elon Musk bandwagon and this is I'm the off. first pot. Yeah. I'd say this I'm is the off. first when I listen to your one on the way down here. You're like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, I still love Elon Musk. Don't get me wrong. I I'm amazed by him. I read a, an, a biography about him like five years ago. I just had never really, I've read a lot of biographies and mm-hmm. I had never read one about a person who did so many huge things. And at the time the book was written, he was like just really starting with the SpaceX stuff and mm-hmm. hadn't, hadn't had any major successes yet. It was still like his kind of black sheep of his businesses. Yeah. And I, but I was like watching him launch rockets and stuff and just like, this guy is really impressive. So when he started talking about cryptocurrency, I was like, perfect. Something I'm already into guy who I already like, I trust him. He clearly just found a way to make a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can just say something and then all these people will rush out and buy it. And I, yeah. I sell it and then boom, boom, boom. Did he talk about toilet paper right before Corona? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in with the Charmin people. Fucking makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, you're right. It's the whole thing is I, I do enjoy the te- some of the technical stuff you talk about. I love the rawness of your show. Because like it's also the easiest part to make, like hardest part to endure. Like I told you earlier, I really enjoy the 
the one you did with, and I know we're like diving into the podcast. It's like, oh, that's all right. Huh, plug for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love the one with you and your brother. But honestly, and I know you've said it on there before, Jeff Hilton's, he's just like raw. Like, yeah, like that he's got a story. I know. You know, and it's important, you know, because there's so many people that struggle with the same thing that he's going through. I know. does go through, so. And he can articulate it in a way that's really relatable mm -hmm. and also very entertaining because he's funny. Mm -hmm. And I really, I don't know. The, so I started this show with Jeff it, from the very beginning. And it, it became Ramble by the River because it was having a hard time becoming Jeff and Jeff Incorporated. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of grown into its own thing and I've, and I love it and yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. And it also kind of allows Hilton to come in and out as, as he pleases. And yep. when he's got something to share, he'll come in and, and we've done a lot of episodes that have not gone anywhere yeah. like that, that we just have in the vault yep. and um, they and might, someday we might release them or not, but who knows? I haven't finished this, the last one here, the, the dream one. I'm going to finish it on the way home, but like some of the dreams that you guys were talking about are vivid. Like, yeah. Like I have the same ones, but mine wasn't somebody catches me and kills me or, you know, anything like that. It's I'm running from them, but I can't run fast enough. Uh -huh. They never catch me, but I cannot get away. And I wake up like just, but just the worst anxiety you've ever felt. Just yeah. like panicked. Yes. You know? And I, and I do have those, you know? And I, I used to have one as a kid. <laughs> I used to have one as a kid where I was sitting on the back of a truck. And I fell off mm -hmm. and rolled into the water and I couldn't swim and I was drowning. Oh, shit. It was real. <laughs> <laughs> that really happened? It really happened. I was telling my mom one night and she's like, no, that happened. <laughs> oh, my God. And you didn't know? <laughs> no, I had no idea. Uh -huh. I was like two or three years old. Holy shit. Yeah. So you Wrapped had a, a, towel, a repressed on the back of the memory that was expressing itself as a dream. Yes. Wow. Yep. It was really weird. Um, and then uh, I honestly, I think my mom said that it might have been Rick Pointer. Save me, but shout out Rick. Yeah, I think it was. I don't quote me. I just well, for mom, he's a good dude either he way. Is. Oh, I love. He would have saved you if he was there. I love Rick Pointer. He's a good dude. The bouncing butcher. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, that I really enjoyed that that thing. You hit something that stuck me when you were talking. So I got made fun of kind of by some other people when I was growing up, and even in my adult years of. <laughs> and it's going to sound stupid, but pro wrestling. Oh, okay. Loved it when I was growing up. And I still love do. making fun of people for pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. I'm good with it now. But uh, it, you know, growing up, it was hard. You know, I had a yeah. good friend that would love pro wrestling. And so we'd do it all together, you know. And I, that was the, really the first, so I protected myself with Megan. That's kind of where I was heading with that. But I protected myself with Megan to the point where it was like, and it was prior to her, too, because I've had people tell me I watch man soaps and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and I one day I was like, oh, I want to watch this. You know, it was I can't remember what it was. It might have been WrestleMania or something. But I just said it. And she's like, what? Uh -huh. She's like, pro wrestling? And I'm like, yeah. So why didn't she tell me that? I was like, well, it's a vulnerable, you know, like most people don't really care for it. Yeah. And she goes, I support you 100%. And now, like the other night, she goes, we haven't watched wrestling in a while. Let's watch it. It's probably really fun. It's a blast. It's and theater. Like, it's it is. It's theater about fighting. It is. It is. But super athletic. 
Oh yeah, very like, dangerous. Oh my way god, way more dangerous than real wrestling. Oh my god, you know me. I I've went and watched it in person. I've, I just it's it's a lot of fun, and I know that's not like a huge thing, but the whole the whole meaning behind that, the whole conversation is being accepting. Yeah, you know, and it runs into what we were talking about is just. I'm sure there's PTSD and other mental health stuff that I deal with, but it's that acceptance. I'll take it. Oh, <laughs> we're good. Wow, we finished both the. Oh, here it is, right here. Is there more in that one? Yeah. You got enough? I think so. These are really good. Mm hmm. But yeah, the professional wrestling thing, I, uh, I really I like to make fun of people who are into it because they think it is embarrassing, but I actually really don't. I think it's cool. Uh, I, I just never got into it because I didn't have cable when I was a kid. Well, see, and I didn't, I did. Like, mm-hmm. like we always had cable. So I was one of the kids that <laughs> was sitting there fucking Monday night, like switching between WCW and WWF. Uh-huh. Like, I know it's copyright. But <laughs> would they be mad? World Wildlife Foundation. I mean, I'm careful with Disney, but. Fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. They most made most of the corporations. OWD or so, WWF. WWF was World Wrestling Federation. Yeah. And then they had the change because they got sued by the panda fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which was way less known yeah, at got, the time. I've got the shirt that says WWF and it's got one panda with a chair hitting the other one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, So that's – I was that kid bouncing between the two shows. That was like you when know? they kind of – started being more open about the fact that like some of this is staged. Yeah, Monday Night Wars. When we were kids, it was like a debate. Is mm-hmm. it real? Is it not real? Mm-hmm. It's like It was when they were first getting into that. Yes. Because when my parents were kids, or, you know, like my mom remembers watching Portland Wrestling. My like, dad talks about that. Yeah. Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Jimmy Snuka. That's my mom's <laughs> favorite, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it, you, back then it was real. And it, and like, that's and the thing is, it still it is real. It's like, uh, it's just, um, it's theatrics. Planned. It is. Yeah. It, I mean, a, a winner, a winner is choose ahead of time. The storyline's there, mm-hmm. but it's the dance. It is a dance mixed with a fight. Yeah. Uh, it's choreographed. Uh, I mean, and a lot of those chops, they're have, getting hurt. Have you ever taken one of those chops? No. Like where they back of the hand? Snap. No. Fucking ow. I bet. <laughs> I, I, I've taken real hits and they don't feel good. And I can tell you a kendo stick, the bamboo stick that's all tied together uh-huh. to the back. Yeah. Hurts like a banshee. But not going to cause damage, huh? Because it's, or I mean, it Depends how many could. times you hit. It probably could. <laughs> Some of the stuff you're bleed. doing. Like I re- there was a documentary, yeah, it's been years now, but where it was like The Rock and Mankind and Undertaker. It followed like a few of the big names back then. This is probably 2005 or something. Beyond the ropes. That is what it was. <laughs> and that followed scene up. where The Rock just smashing mankind with a chair. When he's with the handcuffs behind his back. Yes. Was you know I, exactly what I'm talking about. It was about. the I quit match. <laughs> and his kids were there watching. Yeah. And then after that, after The Rock was just kind of like, oh, sorry about that, man. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, you know, whatever. It's but good. they're still friends. Yeah. And it's just like... If you watch Mankind's... But he was fucked up from that. If you watch his biography, uh-huh. you see more of that storyline. And then Mankind's actually going back there like, why the fuck did he have to hit me that many times? Yeah. Like, like holy shit. He goes, but it was a good pop. <laughs> <laughs> for the love of the game. Well, that th- I could go on for days with professional wrestling and like, especially Mankind or Mick Foley, like... <laughs> Being thrown off the top of the hill in the cell by the Undertaker, like holy shit! As a bigger guy, <sighs> yeah. I don't that, know if you've seen that one, but I haven't. When we're done here, we'll look. You have to yeah, see it because it look is that up. it is 
It's badass. Well, all the stuff they do off at the corners, like mm-hmm. do a flip and land on somebody, grab mm-hmm. them with your knees and flip them over your body, like that would uh, rip me in half. Oh yeah, well, I, like eh, I used to do it on the trampoline. Oh, see, I I was never even into that shit. Like, oh, we used to jump off the roof of the house and. That sounds like fun. That's something every kid has thought about, but most of them don't actually do it. See, and the big kid in me isn't. I got a trampoline right outside if you want to do it before you leave. Let's get ready to rumble. (laughs) So let's get ready to ramble. Uh, So the the day that I got divorced, I said, you know, I'm just going to do something for me for once. I'm just going to do it. And I always wanted a belt. Uh huh. So. And Megan, I got to get the case for it so I can display it. But I've got the Attitude Era, our era, uh-huh. world championship belt. Nice. You know, so I was like, I'm going to, 350 bucks, I'm going to buy it. That's care. not that like, bad. Like, no, but it was like, it's like 350 bucks. I could definitely spend that somewhere else or invest it or do whatever. But sure. You're allowed to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do this for me. That's something that we, our generation is is kind of warming up to the idea that as adults we're allowed to have fun yeah like you can still play Mm -hmm. you can still do stuff that's not necessarily for your future you just like be a big kid and it's that's so that's what we're doing right now it's uh, it's the best my my neighbors brought that out of me Uh uh-huh like he got a good neighbor uh shout out scotty uh (laughs) man neighbors are make or break i've been trying to get him to get on listen to the podcast that guy He's got every toy known to man, and he just, like, I was leaving today, and he pulls up in front of his house. He's got two new, they're not new, they're used, but uh, Sea-Doo's. Oh, nice. Or Wave Runners or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you got two boats. Yeah. And a side-by-side and two quads and another side-by-side and, like. But there's, those aren't Sea-Doo's. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, like he's like, yeah, but, like, Stand up or sit down? Stand up. Or sit sit down. Oh. Three-person. I've actually never, never, oh, wow, yeah, that's like a boat in itself. Mm-hmm. I've never, never done a jet ski or, or stand up or sit down or anything. You're going to have to come out. We got yeah, we do a camping trip awesome. every year and bring them all and do all that kind of stuff. And I've always wanted to because I run airboats occasionally. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about your Zen state, when you're just on your bike and you just like click in, it's your meditative time. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I feel on an airboat. Like I did that through work. I got to run them a lot in the bay and. Just got to where I was so comfortable on one that it it felt like an extension of my body, mm-hmm. and just like you, your your mind gets so good at analyzing the terrain ahead of you that your conscious thought stops dealing with it, yeah, and your brain just kind of goes blank, and yeah. you just experience, you're just all experience, yep, and whatever's it, whatever's rep like relevant in your life right at that moment you've got in your head, and it's just like it's the best radiating. place, yep. just that zone. I I've love never it. been on an airboat. It's fun. I'm hopefully going to do it in Florida when we're there because she wants to do an Everglades thing. Spartina was like the big buzzword. Mm-hmm. We actually need people to be aware yeah. that like, hey, there's still this weed is still out there. It was a prevalent thing when I was growing up. Oh, you yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I remember, uh, <laughs> it's funny you said it in one of your shows, but like I was the kids feeding kids with Jamella, you know? Oh, I'd, yeah. I did all that at Ocean You're Park You're the first Elementary. person to remember yeah. that. Oh, also. hell yes, I remember it. That it was, was a fun. First and only time I've actually liked oysters is when Jamella cooked them. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, oh. But, uh. That was a really cool program. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, I vividly remember that. That's where I know? learned about cranberry butter and lesbians. Yes. Winning. Yeah, both. Uh, to this day, I love them both. You beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally yeah. going to do that. Because my Aunt Jody loved, she was real close to Jamila too. And, and it just like, 
she gave my mom her first job or yeah. Nancy. I did. Think, yeah. I think did. they're just great people. And yeah. in that whole program, well, my dad dug steamer clams with John Heckus oh. for years, you know, and ran the cruise and, you know, but that's, that's, that was, you know, I grew up going to John's place and watching him do steamer clams and we ate steamer clams all the I time. I love steamers. And I love them. They're you so know? good. That was I, my, my intro into shellfish was like the steamer clam. That's the only food that I've ever gotten shit-faced on, puked, and still can eat them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can eat a thousand of them. They, I never get oh, full. I love them. Love yeah, them. Yeah, so good. So that, you know, I grew up around, is it Spartina or Spartina? It's whatever you want. So most people in the industry call it Spartina. Okay. But Kim Patton, who's like the guy, Dr. Kim Patton, he, he was the researcher for WSU Extension for forever mm-hmm. he just retired a year ago or so he calls it spartina so uh-huh. I, i'm i've a, always heard it spartina i think most people will call mm-hmm. it spartina yeah and so i honestly don't even hear the difference anymore yeah and that's i remember growing up and my dad talking about it and how invasive it was and you know just that it was ru- gonna ruin the bay yeah you know and so the bay would you know. not exist in the form it does now if it weren't for that program mm-hmm. it, it, even when i started in 2007 it had come a long way but I remember when we were kids driving around the Bay Road, there was just these giant round clumps of this tall, bright green grass. Yep. And I would like fantasize about being able to go out there and jump from clump to clump. <sighs> like just, I, I used to do this thing where when I was in the car or a school bus or anything, I would picture either myself or this other, it was like a, a more athletic version of me that was like running alongside the truck and you'd like do flips off of fences and shit. Uh-huh. I had a very vivid imagination as a kid. <laughs> so did I. But I really liked uh, picturing myself out there on those Spartina clones jumping around. And I, I have like very vivid memories of, of like wishing I could be out there. Yeah. And it's, it's funny now, like third, I don't know, 25 years later to think like, wow, I definitely ended up out there. Well, trust me, I, I went with, you know, my dad and like I said, grew up around the steam reclam industry. And then when I was in high school, my dad's like, you're going to get a job this summer. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. And honestly, the first time I had a job, I was, I think I was like 13, 14. And what I wanted to buy was a gun. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every 14-year-old, you know? And for me, it was a car. <laughs> yeah, I was a gun. I got a 81 Buick Century when yeah. I was 14 years old. I got a Bushmaster AR-15. Nice. <laughs> what a starter gun. Right? You know, it happens. But uh, I went to work in the oyster beds mm-hmm. in South Bend there, Co Seafood. And... Uh, it's it, a hard job. It, fuck me. Like picking oysters. Well, we were scattering first, uh-huh. just picking up out of the mud, throwing it behind you. And then I picked after that. And picking's where you make some decent money. If you know how to kid. do it. Yeah. If, yeah. You can, if you can pick and just, you know, condition and keep keep your pace, you can make some money. I was very intimidated by that job. I always wanted to do it, but I was like, on some level, I was worried I wouldn't be able to keep up. <sighs> I thought the same thing. I did. I still feel the same way about the the uh, logging industry. Uh huh. Holy shit. Yeah, fishing too for me. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Like I couldn't. I couldn't do like what Hilton and and them goes those guys do. I nope. I feel like I couldn't either. And even if I could, I don't want to. No, I don't either. I like my sleep. Yeah, I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> no, no. They make good money. I like my office. And I love fish. I'm glad they're <laughs> out there doing it. But God, no, I don't want to do that. No, no. And I mean, more power to them. But yeah. sooner or later, like I think. Jeff is now, but you're going to have to move on because that yeah. you can't do it forever. He's, gotta, he's gotta, always wanted to do something else. He just happens to be a very good fisherman. you got to either move towards the cabin or do something else. Yeah. And that's the same thing with what I do. 
you can be you can be the low guy forever. That's one nice thing about it is that you can go anywhere and do anything. I can go into safety. I can go into sustainability. Mm-hmm. I can go into classification or I can custody, whatever. It just expands from there. It's good to have options. It is. Yeah. It is. It's, yeah, I don't even know where we're at. I think we're actually way over. All right. We've recorded for two and a half hours. Winning. I know. <laughs> um, is there anything else we need to hit before we get out of here? Because I usually will leave and be like, oh my God, we never talked about this one thing that he came to talk about. And, yeah, no. And I know. I, I, Anna told me this morning, she goes, fuck you. I said, what? And I said, she goes, now you're fucking boring. <laughs> you can talk about certain shit. Yeah. And I'm like, Hannah, I can't always talk about guys with their own fists all the way up their ass. And, you know. Not always. Not always. <laughs> <laughs> People would start to think you're weird. Well, you know, it wasn't like a in a hotel. <laughs> oh, I really want to hear this story now. Maybe after we stop recording. But... Anyway. Like I said, I've seen the shit. So, yeah, it sounds you know, like it. It's a... Uh, Fist covered in it. Uh, more than that. <laughs> hey, I've, I've I've seen Mount Rushmore painted on the wall and shit. So, oh my god, that actually know? sounds kind of artistically creative. It is. Yeah. It is. And you know, Vix is your friend. <laughs> you just rub it on your upper lip. Uh, yeah, 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 right underneath the nostrils. Usually, mm-hmm. you're pretty good. Don't use icy hot. Oh man, that sounds yeah. dangerous. It, it it definitely gets interesting on your upper lip. <laughs> okay, well. Mitch, thank you so much for being here. This yep. has been delightful. That's been it's a blast. really fun. I actually, when Hannah Hannah told me about when she was on here and stuff, and I started listening, and, and she's like, you should go on there. And I, I said, uh, okay. I was actually kind of nervous about it at first. You seem less and, nervous than most, yeah, which yeah. actually made me feel less nervous. Because when I'm nervous, usually I just ramble. There you go. That's huh. perfect. Duh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, one last real quick, if I could, plug for Be The Match. Yes. Um, you know, I can't say enough. It's like I said, everybody, it's a cheek swab and I'm a great example that you could save somebody's life and you'll never know until you meet them how much you do mean to that person. And it's a random stranger. You know, I matched with somebody, I matched with Kate, but I also matched with somebody from Germany. So if you do sign up for Be The Match Mm -hmm. and you get the cheek swab, you're in the database, Mm -hmm. Two or three years pass by, and and you decide you don't want to you don't want to donate. You change your mind. What mm-hmm. can you still? Is it all right to say no? Absolutely. Because I I don't want people to be like, well, what if I don't want to do it? And if you don't want to do it, it's completely anonymous, and no one's going to judge you for it. So no no harm in just getting on the list anyway. No, not whatsoever. I mean, I'm going to do it. Uh, it's it is an amazing thing, and you don't. I mean, I can't emphasize enough. I mean, if I didn't have a match. I wouldn't be here. I'm I'm 99% sure that I wouldn't be here. And I, you know, contributed to my family and Kate, you know, my donor. Uh, it, That's so cool. It, a random person on the other side of the United States. And yeah. like I said, I, I matched. She was a better match, but I matched with somebody in Germany too. Uh-huh. You know? I you think know. that's amazing. That's a uh, really cool program. It's, it's great. On to that last little bit, if I could, that Megan... Um, you are definitely the love of my life. And I know when you hear this, we'll be married, probably back from the honeymoon, but just know that we have the rest of our lives and I probably wouldn't be the person I am right now without you. So That's very sweet. <laughs> I'm looking at him right now. He looks serious. I'm getting teary-eyed, damn it. You're so emotional. It's good <laughs> to be emotional about that. If you're not, there's probably nothing there. I'm a cry. 
Yeah, oh, me too. It's the best. I've always been a crier. Let it out. All right, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. I'm free. Can't nobody take.